2: 42 cast your ultimate answer to fandom geekiness and everything as always i'm your host nathan and we have another great episode lined up for you where we're going to talk about marvel's daredevil season three so yeah this is kind of a funny one it was recorded three years ago and yes i know how sad that is to reveal that it is a three-year-old recording that we have not put out yet It's one of only a handful now that are two or three years old, but we do have, I think, about a half dozen episodes still that were recorded in that time frame that have never seen the light of day. And that was just because by the time I would have been able to put it out, all the Netflix shows were done anyway, and the importance of putting it out seemed a lot less than other episodes that we had in hand. But with the release of Hawkeye and Spider-Man No Way Home, suddenly Daredevils become topical again. And that coincided with a space that opened up when the Orville got pushed out, because originally I was going to put the Orville out in this episode slot, our Orville Season 2 panel. So, because of that, we're finally getting to this Daredevil Season 3 episode. I hope you enjoy it. We definitely had a fun time talking about the Season but without any further ado, here is the episode already in progress. Let's meet our cast for this week. So, first up, um, you know her as the, our resident Trekker. Um, she is... <laughs> okay. Our resident Trekkie. She is uh, a cosplayer extraordinaire. She's a writer. And that is my friend Stephanie. How are you doing, Stephanie?
0: Hello. Hi got a faint cough but tis the winter months that tends to come along with it
2: well as long as as you don't do it on air it's okay
0: i'll try to turn my head when i cough
2: (laughs) so um what's been going on for you stephanie because it's been a while since the last time maybe a couple of months since the last one we did
0: yeah um not too much has changed. I am now an official holder of a copyright, so that's kind of exciting, um, and I've so far submitted to one publisher. Um, I don't expect to hear back from them for a few weeks to a couple of months Um And I intended to go ahead and submit to a whole bunch more publishers last weekend. But I kind of got lost in Let's Go Pikachu. So (laughs) (laughs) uh, my aspirations of being a published author got thwarted by Pokemon. Uh, But hey, there's always this weekend. It's not like I actually have a time limit on doing any of that type of stuff. But I'm just super excited to have my story actually copyrighted. So now if anybody tries to steal my idea, I can sue them, and uh, it also makes it a little bit easier for me to go ahead and submit to publishers, um, because I don't have to also worry about them potentially stealing a manuscript, or uh, also it will kind of speed up the process if anybody does pick me up. And if nobody does, it makes it a lot easier for me to self-publish, but I'm really hoping that I can get an actual publisher, because I'm not that great at self-promotion like that, and I need someone to advertise for me.
2: Yeah, it's it's good that you did the copyright because, you know, you don't want uh, somebody like the person who wrote the uh, time-traveling Viking vampire story to uh, rip off yours. <laughs> oh
0: my god, I so can't wait for that to pop up in one of our memories because that book synopsis was just so bad, and I really wish I could remember all of it, but oh my gosh, if yeah, that got I... published, I have to be able to get published. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm still writing about vampires, but at least it's not... A, 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 I don't even remember, but it was like a vampire he Viking was, time yeah. traveler. I swear there was You're something right. about cowboys in there, too. No, just... I
2: think I think that's the thing. I think they time traveled the cowboy times. And he was, oh, was a that... Viking vampire, and, and it was a romance novel.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and it just sounded all sorts of messed up. And seriously, if that got published... I have to be able to pick up a publisher. I really do. <laughs>
3: oh. The next series on Netflix. <laughs> it's
2: like Outlander, but with vampires. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah.
0: So anyways, that's what's been going on with me. I printed out my first copy of it yesterday to do some, uh send off to my grandma to do some old school editing. Um... So it was real exciting, actually, kind of seeing it in print, even if it was just Hmm. self-printed. And I was shocked when I saw it, and it's uh, about an inch and a quarter thick, and I don't know what I was expecting, but for some reason, I I knew it was almost 400 pages long, but... It, it still shocked me and just blew me away to see how thick it actually was. And I was like, damn, I wrote all that? <laughs> what?
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it's printed in paperback, they use, like, extremely thin, like, paper for that. So it wouldn't be that thick. But, yeah, 400 pages, like, an a regular, like, paper, that's, yeah, I can see that as an inch and a half. Yep. It's the hardcover version.
0: Yep, pretty much. I, well, I printed it on eight and a half by 11, so it's a textbook mm. version of it, but.
2: Right. <laughs> So um anything else been going on for you? Is that pretty much it?
0: That's pretty much it. Mostly same old, same old everywhere else.
2: Well, at least you have some exciting news on the writing front.
0: I do. Hopefully <laughs> the next time we meet there'll be even more exciting news on the That's writing right. front.
2: Yeah, cuz we got to talk about those Star Trek movies at some point. Yep. Which surprisingly everybody loves for, which I wasn't expecting that result.
0: The whales are amazing.
2: <laughs> You Gracie's always talk me
0: for this, but <laughs> it seems popular opinion is backing me that the whales are great.
2: Yeah. yeah. <sighs> okay. <laughs> well, it's good to have you back on, Stephanie.
0: Good to be back on.
2: All right. And next up... Um hailing to us from out west um she has uh, her genetic heritage analyzed and that is my buddy angie <laughs> the only the only reason i bring that up is because we were just talking about it before the podcast but how are you doing angie
1: i'm doing great um just kind of trucking along
2: mm-hmm.
1: um yeah we were talking about um 23 and me and our results and mine are completely unsurprising no, no skeletons in my closet. <laughs>
2: right. Yeah, yeah. Like I say, I don't think that I'm gonna. If I ever do that, I'm not gonna find anything very interesting either. But uh, oh well. <laughs> so, what's been going on for you lately, Angie?
1: Um, we've had a couple well health scares that hopefully are just scares. Um, otherwise, not much. Although uh, we did finally make it down to Evermore, um, which is a theme park lark park it is a park wherein everyone dresses up and um just kind of uh interacts as if they were part of a medieval fantasy town Mm -hmm. um so yeah that was really fun um i'm They've they've done a lot of promotional events in in Salt Lake in the past that I've gone to. Um, we ended up going to their more family friendly like Christmas Village one,
4: mm-hmm.
1: um, which was a ton of fun. They had um, my kid had a blast um, just wandering and looking at the lights and interacting with all of the um, all of the actors and stuff. So uh, they're going to be doing a Viking themed one in the summer, so we'll probably head back for that one. Um, but yeah, it's a really unique experience and definitely um, definitely worth a visit.
2: Yeah, I saw when you posted that on Facebook, and that looks like an amazing place. I've never seen or heard of anywhere like that.
1: Yeah, it's actually, I mean, you look at a map of the park, and it looks pretty small. I mean, it's, it's ostensibly supposed to be like a medieval village, but mm. once you're there, it's actually fairly extensive. So I was, I was really pleasantly surprised.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, you look at like how much square footage like your average Renfair has, and it's not too big either. But they, they, you know, they're pretty good at you know stacking everything and putting things close together and twisting the roads so that it looks bigger than it really is. So I can see that in something like Evermore. Um, yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So you said that uh, your kid really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, yeah. The um, the Christmas one or the the uh, winter one is much more um, like family friendly geared. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't make it down there for their, um, like autumn Halloween one, but I hear it was a lot more adult themed. Mm. Um, and then the summer one, uh, since the park only just opened this past year, so this will be their first time through. So I'm not really sure, um, what it's going to be yet, but I definitely think we'll head down and, and give it a shot.
2: Yeah. Keep me posting on that one. Cause yeah, I mean, that's the thing if, you know, I want to go visit, but you know, I also want to make sure that it's something that my kids would like. So, um, yeah, yeah. Alright, cool deal. And uh, anything else going on?
1: No, just same old.
2: Alright, cool deal. Well, it's good having you back on, Angie.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
2: And finally, finally, the man that you love to hate, the guy that uh, absolutely detests Pluto, it's my nemesis, Ryan Guthrie.
3: You know, I don't think about Pluto enough to detest it.
2: <laughs> well, you know, it's on my mind lately because New Horizons is uh, beaming the pictures from, uh, you know, the uh, the.
3: Yeah, they're they're pat way past. They're now they're out at um that other. Right, object. I was trying to remember yeah. the name
2: of it, and I can't remember its name. But uh, it's yeah, it's the one, one that looks like a snowman. <laughs>
3: yeah, exactly. It, depending what if you turn the picture the right direction, yeah, it looks like right. a snowman. Otherwise, it's a peanut. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Which I think would have been a way cooler name. Peanut. Right, peanut. You know? <laughs> yeah.
2: So, uh, how have things been going for you, Ryan?
3: Uh, Same old, same old, you know. Work, come home, work, come home. I did finally, uh, today, tonight, Actually, as a matter of fact, uh, uh, I get, well, actually, early this morning, but it's still night, depending on how you look at it. I finally got around to watching... Uh, discovery uh the first episode of that so that no. that was a good way to start the day
2: okay don't say anything because i haven't seen it yet
3: okay well you know i'm all
2: right <laughs> <laughs> no spoilers for discovery on a daredevil I was episode was like totally fake and false just to mess with you, you know?
3: but uh i'm in too good a mood i guess okay. <laughs> but otherwise yeah things are going good um uh, I have an adopted grandmother, so there probably are some skeletons in my genetic closet. Hmm. I just felt the need to throw that out. Sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> you know, I could be, I could be, you know, one eighth anything you want. <laughs> that's whatever works for you. You know, oh, that's God. what I want.
2: <laughs> so it's basically Schrodinger's uh, ancestry.
3: Exactly. <laughs> <you
2: know? laughs> Until you open your box, it can be every way you want it.
3: I think, I, you know, I could be 1 Vulcan.
2: <laughs> I think you're too illogical for that, Ryan. Uh,
3: yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know, that's uh, fine. 1 Romulan. How about that? <laughs>
2: that I can believe.
0: <laughs> I'd like to get mine back and find out that I'm 1 a Cylon.
2: <laughs> 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 we'll have to have you make the toast. <laughs>
3: uh, but, that was yeah, terrible Depending on what episode of, of the new series you're watching There's one more or less Silent, uh, silent out there so you know You could be the missing <laughs>
2: <one>. <laughs> Oh god that show It looked like it was going somewhere And then you found out at the end No they had no ideas at all
0: <laughs> See I'm in the minority of people Who I absolutely love the ending Okay. Mostly because I like claiming that I'm part Cylon now.
2: Well, <laughs> the thing is the problem with it is that they kept saying like, There's a plan, there's a plan and in the end there was no plan.
4: <laughs> yeah,
0: but I didn't watch it when it was first aired, so I didn't I missed all of that. Well no no, no.
2: I binge no no no, I binged through it, but that was the thing. They used to begin every episode with the Cylons have a plan. You know, it would flash on the screen and so it's like, uh, Oh, what's the Cylons plan? The Cylons didn't have a plan and the writer even admitted it, so <laughs>
0: okay i don't remember it's been like a decade since i watched that show so. well,
3: okay i mean i found the ending to be like emotionally satisfying but yeah logically it made absolutely no sense you you had yeah. to turn off
2: well any part of the yeah, i'll tell you the part that started like annoying me and it's like they had to do so much bad writing to to, to even make it work was when they revealed the final five once It they was w- kind of just like,
3: yeah. Yeah, it we'll was just, just kind of like, oh, skills.
2: let's just randomly take five characters and just say that they've been Cylons all along, even though there was no evidence for it. In fact, they had to go back and then say, oh, why are these things that don't make sense? Like, and try to work it in that, oh, yeah, see, this is how they were Cylon all along. And yeah, I just, no.
3: But they did it to a Jimi Hendrix song, Nathan, <laughs> oh, yeah. so it's all good.
2: <laughs> anyway so we don't get off on a, a Battlestar Galactica tangent it's a different podcast <laughs> it's a different podcast maybe in 10 years we'll get to that one but um uh, so uh anything, anything else going on Ryan
3: uh what watching Discovery's not enough you, you, man you expect so much you know? no no not really just you know work home sleep TV those are the big three in my life
2: okay <laughs> But you're still not watching any of the things that I'd like you to watch.
3: Dude, I just finished Runaways for you. Okay. You
2: know? <laughs> that's, that's fair. That is fair, yeah. actually. Well, that's because you were in a race with someone else, so, you know, anyway. you had to get it done before <laughs> he did, but...
3: Yeah, yeah competition is a great motivator in this household. As I'm doing this podcast, my wife is out around somewhere in the neighborhood walking because there's someone beating her on Fitbit, and she can't have that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: wow. See, I thought you were going to start talking about Pokemon Go and say that she was trying to like collect more uh, Pokemon. no,
3: I haven't played Pokemon Go uh, since November. I think mm. I, I, I almost clicked purchase for a hundred dollars worth of coins when I realized I had a problem. Oh my god! Yeah,
0: I hate to say that. Let's go, Pikachu! Has uh, pulled me back into Pokemon Go, but. Yeah, I definitely am not making real money purchases with it, so maybe you should stay away.
3: <laughs> I, I never used to have to do that. Where I live, I live right next to a fire station, and mm. the fire station was a Stop, so I never bought anything. And then they updated, and they got rid of that Stop. I guess because it's causing accidents or something. I don't know,
4: whatever.
3: <laughs> and now, yeah, then I had to start buying stuff, and it was like, no, this... This isn't good for me, <laughs> or more importantly, it's not good for my wallet.
0: <laughs> yeah, I work in a downtown area, so I never have a shortage of Poké Stops.
2: Ryan, I think you might have a problem because weren't you the one that told me that you, you you used to play video games without sleep nonstop too? So I think maybe <laughs> yeah, you just stop playing video games.
3: <laughs> maybe. I mean, I did do. Uh, I think it was. 26, uh, I played Civ 5 for like 26 hours straight once. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on the bright side, I won, you know. I mean.
2: <laughs> yeah, this does not sound healthy, but.
3: Uh, you know, that's why I don't, that's why I'm not a gamer anymore. Yes. Yeah. All
2: right, well, well, it's good to have you back on the podcast and hopefully with some sleep.
3: Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> I, I average at least four hours a night now.
2: Okay. <laughs> that sounds about like me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually had a friend saying, like, wait a minute. Isn't it, like, 2 a.m. where you are? What are you doing online? <laughs> yeah. Sleep is it's for the early, week. you know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, it's good to have you back on, Ryan. Thanks. All right. So, next up, it's our five-minute controversy. So, uh, this week, I'm kind of reaching for the controversy. I know that right now, going into it. But I also wanted to talk about the Spider-Man Homecoming trailer. So, which just dropped? Far from uh, home. Oh, Far From Home. I'm so sorry.
3: <laughs> and we're also covering Daredevil season one. You know? uh, right.
2: <laughs> did I say that? Uh,
3: no, no, you didn't. Oh, I'm, I'm
2: okay. Because I thought just I say, said season three. Okay. I actually, I have no idea.
0: Now I'm almost hoping you did say one. Have
2: you Have you heard the joke though that the third Spider-Man movie should be Spider-Man Home Alone? <laughs> Since they've all had home in the title, and so it's like Spider-Man has to like defend Avengers Mansion by himself, and as thieves break in, and it's all like web-related traps.
0: You stole that from a post I shared on Facebook.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I beg your pardon. Yeah, one should never share a post on Facebook. I mean, that's such a horrible thing to do. <laughs> well, you know, if if
3: it involves Joe Pesci in some way, shape, or form, maybe Joe Pesci's the Green Goblin. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That would be beautiful. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so we had the uh, Spider-Man Far From Home trailer drop uh, earlier this week, and I wanted to talk about it. But the controversy that I wanted to bring up is just the sheer number of people that I'm seeing, first of all, talking about, like, getting upset about the fact that there's nothing in there to explain how Spider-Man is there. And then also sort of the add-on comment of, well, it must take place before Avengers Infinity War because otherwise none of it makes sense. So, uh, all right. So, uh, do we think that that's a valid reason to be upset about the movie and um, or about the trailer? And, um, you know, do, do you think that there's an alternative explanation to the it must be set before? So, um, Ryan, why don't we start with you? Uh,
3: I think... Any reason you want to be upset about anything is pretty valid. Okay. But um, to the second part, uh, wow, crap. What was, the second, what was the second half of your question?
2: Yeah. Do, well, do you think there's alternative explanation oh. for it? Yeah.
3: Yeah, there's an alternative explanation. In the end game, they all come back to life. Right.
2: <laughs> yeah. It, it, um, it, it's, you... it's kind of like surprising to me how many people like seem to think that it must take place beforehand, or that that's even like a conversation piece, because. We already know there's a big time jump for Endgame. We suspect, we don't know. Mm, okay, there's oh. a, <laughs> you If you read know. things that people have said in interviews, then there's a big time jump in Endgame. <laughs> so I guess I should I shouldn't say that because not everybody reads interviews. Um, well, not like that, but you never know what gets cut.
3: On I mean, you know, Loki was supposed to be in Age of Ultron, so
2: right. Um. And, and but Peter's clearly he's still in high school. So um, so yeah, I. I yeah. I, I think that time travel and the undoing of the event of the snap is very likely because then also all the the collateral deaths that happen because people just faded away and cars crashed and airplanes crashed and everything would get undone as well because otherwise yeah. it's like okay we brought back everybody from the snap but oh god there's all these other people dead. <laughs> so.
3: so I mean I, I think the reality is I don't think any high school would be doing a European you know vacation summer field trip thing if the world was still recovering from the snap. So, yeah, you've got two possibilities. It, it was undone completely or this takes place before. Either one is an acceptable um, response. Uh, I think one is definitely more likely than the other, but it, I, I think just people, fans want to hold on to that as... We're such... We, we hate ourselves, not hate ourselves, but we enjoy the pain so much that that feeling when uh, Infinity War, when the credits went, the screen went dark and the credits came up and there's just silence. We want to hold on to that because that's going to make Endgame that much better when it's <laughs> undone, when the heroes, when the Steve Rogers and Tony Stark show up and just undo it all.
2: Yeah, I mean, the only reason that we're getting the end of the uh, Far From Home, uh, you know, announcement and the trailer and everything, you know, when Marvel's kept silent about everything else is because Sony's the one actually producing Far From Home and the Spider-Man franchise is propping up their movie division right now. So they want to get out there that, oh, we got this new movie coming out and we want you to get hyped for it. Whereas Marvel and Feige is just like, I don't want anyone to know anything that happens you know after what you know after endgame but that one movie he doesn't have that say in so um it's kind of interesting to see that but uh so um stephanie do you have any different thoughts on that
0: well my friends list has been the exact opposite of that reaction i've only seen people really hyped for it um and the first kind of uh, it, it was still excitement for the movie, but kind of, uh, about the trailer, uh, came actually only about a half hour before we got together when, uh, I, I shared this little meme of somebody saying, uh, Tom Holland, he's at it again. He absolutely, or he accidentally uploaded Endgame to Twitter in its capacity. And he responds back with, oh, I thought I really did this for a second. You gave me a heart attack. Yeah. Um. Or something like that. I yeah, know. no, I no that's pretty fun. much what it was, yeah. <clears throat> um, but anyways, a friend of mine commented about how she's really excited for it, but she feels like it completely ruins the end of Endgame. Hmm. Uh, because it just gives it all away. And so, personally, I was like, does it really, though? I mean, we don't know when it happens. It could be before. We have had other ones that take place at a different time. Because um, obviously Captain Marvel is before it. Um, and there's also Ant-Man was released not in the place of where it actually belongs in the timeline. Uh, Ant-Man
2: Two, right? No, I mean, yeah. well, I mean it's concurrent but. with with Infinity War. It's at the same. So yeah, Ant-Man and the Wasp did come out two months later, but it happens at the same time. So it's kind of, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah.
0: It was kind of off put but so we have no idea when it actually happens and all that type of stuff and i don't know that's the only thing i've seen other than excitement for it was the person complaining Mm -hmm. that it uh potentially spoiled what happens in endgame and she eventually conceded you know what i've read all the comics anyway, so i know how it's more than likely going to come out any uh, at the end anyway so it's really kind of irrelevant um but, I don't know. I didn't think too much about it myself, personally. I was just like, okay, that looks fun. Mm. Uh,
2: <laughs> yeah, so... I-, I just think that the notion that it must take place before Infinity War is if they're gonna keep Spider-Man dead is ridiculous because oh. how anticlimactic would it be to watch a Spider-Man movie knowing that peter is actually you know dead right now and we're just watching a prequel you know and i it's mean it's the
0: same thing with uh, <laughs> black panther too everybody who was washed away with the snap are second gen avengers the mm-hmm. only people who were left were the first ones there and ant-man right. um so obviously they're not going to keep all these people that they just introduced into this universe dead we know they're coming back
2: (laughs) yeah i um
0: if they had killed off some of the originals in that snap i wouldn't be so certain that everybody is coming back Mm -hmm. but the fact that the only people who were wiped away were people who were not the first group of avengers i know how it's gonna end already i don't know how that how is going to happen but I know that how it's going to happen. Yeah, the, if that sentence made any sense whatsoever. The only
2: major character I expect to stay dead is Loki because they actually had Thanos look at the camera and say "No resurrections this time." So, you know, <laughs> if the writer actually, does you, that, it, it's you know they're basically talking to the audience.
0: I really kind of hope that Loki does stay dead because I thought that was a perfect death for his character.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: It was still him being a trickster, but he was redeeming himself with it mm-hmm. and I thought that was a fantastic death for the character yep. and a character that I hated at first and I've grown to enjoy <laughs> and I actually do really want him to stay dead just because they did such a great job on his death
4: mm-hmm. it wasn't oh. like
0: like stupid uh, serious black tripping and falling to death <laughs> but
3: <laughs> that's, that's right there. That's like a real controversy for you. The, the way they've... Well, no, I mean, uh, speaking of Loki, the okay. way they've retconned his history.
2: Okay, well, yeah, but let's not get into that because that's its own okay. like sort of sidebar. But no, I, <laughs> I agree with you. I hate that. I hate that, but that's because they're going to do this new Loki series, which I think is a prequel, and they want him to be a hero. And so, but yeah, let's, yeah. (laughs) Just showing they can't do prequels. In
0: in terms of the way that the the movies went along, I think that was the perfect redemption death that was needed for the character. And so I hope he does stay dead. As all the Loki fangirls now hunt me
2: down and try to murder me. <laughs> yeah, on, on but the thing is, because the TV stuff that Marvel has done has always been kind of, like, weirdly placed as far as timing, except for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I, I I don't think it's the same. Captain Marvel is really the only true... Well, I guess Captain America, the first one, also takes place earlier. But I, I don't think Far From Home is going to be earlier, just be, or set before Infinity War, just because... Uh, They've tried very hard to mostly only when they're introducing a character have they set something before. They've tried to be fairly linear otherwise. So I don't think that the movies are gonna jump backwards in time with far from home. I I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I don't think it is. But uh, I
0: think you're probably right. I just don't I, I also just won't discount it as a
1: possibility as well.
2: Sure. Uh so Angie, I am so sorry that we haven't gotten to you yet. Do you have any further thoughts on this?
1: Not really. I, I tried. I tried to think of something <laughs> okay. like insightful to say.
2: Oh God. Uh
1: Honestly, I'm just along for the ride with Spider-Man. They could be back in time. They could be after Endgame. They could be doing a live-action version of Into the Spider-Verse. Like, I'm down. Okay. Whatever it is they're gonna do.
2: What I would love is for them to bring back the Japanese Spider-Man. That's what I want. <laughs> have you ever seen? Have you ever seen any footage of the Japanese Spider-Man? Uh-uh. Oh, God. He's got a giant robot that he goes into, and he, yeah. you know, has a henshin and everything. It's great.
1: <laughs> oh, so have you seen Into the Spider-Verse?
2: I have not. Oh,
1: okay. You should oh, probably watch it then. Yeah, yeah,
2: I, I, do, I've, yeah, I've seen, I've, I've heard all the positive buzz and everything. It wasn't a movie that I had blocked out the time for, because at least the previews that I saw did not really inspire me, and I didn't like the animation. But everybody's like, it's the most amazing movie ever, so, you know, I... I'll watch it at some point, but
1: my kid sat through the whole thing mm. in the theater, so it kept his attention. He's two.
2: Yeah, no, that's that's pretty impressive. My my kids are eleven and seven, and they still don't sit through a whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's worth seeing. I saw it after Aquaman, so it, it was a nice you know
3: palate cleanser mm. <laughs> after that.
4: <laughs>
3: but. To the Japanese Spider-Man, there is an honest trailers for it you need to check out. If
2: it's, it, it, I love it. I, I actually think it's good. I actually would enjoy watching the whole thing, but that's because of my tastes. But it's basically it's a Sentai series, but where they got the license for Spider-Man. <laughs> <So> <laughs> it's great. But anyway, um, but, uh, um, uh, but yeah, um, so the trailer itself, though, like, are we all hyped for, uh, for Far From Home?
3: Well, I mean, let's get through Captain Marvel and Endgame first.
2: Can't be hyped for a movie that's coming out after other movies?
3: No, I, not not when they're in the same universe like oh, that. Okay. No, See, I really well, let me <laughs> tell
2: you what got me hyped. Is that, okay, so uh, do we all know who Mysterio is from other media? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, Stephanie. I don't. Oh, okay. Okay, so, oh, maybe I shouldn't say this then, because it might be a bit of a spoiler. Um, okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Because I think that's going to be what the whole movie hinges on is that you think it's one way and then it's the other. So I mean,
0: I could go check on my laundry real quick oh, okay. if you want to mention it.
2: Okay, on. go do your All laundry. Right. All right.
0: I'll holler before I come back in the room. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right,
2: I'm leaving the room. Okay, so, uh, you know, Mysterio's the master of illusions, right? So I love the fact that when Mysterio shows up, that he's using all Doctor Strange looky effects. I think that that's beautiful. <laughs> Cause you know, it shows him doing the hand stuff and having like the the green, like, you know, like, uh, like, like the way they've, they've shown the Doctor Strange magic to work. And um, so, you know, he's gonna pass himself off as some sort of like sorcerer or something. When in fact, he's manufacturing these disasters or whatever to make himself look like a hero. And I never thought I'd see like a good rendition of Mysterio in a movie because he's such a ridiculous like character, but I'm, I'm really kind of hyped uh, for it. Just seeing what I saw.
3: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, I, I kind of feel like it's going to do almost the same sort of twist thing or similar that they did with the the Mandarin and Iron Man three where it, I mean, they've shown when I first watched the trailer, I thought, Oh my God, that it looked like sandman but it wasn't and then there's one of water and one of fire and so i've kind of got an idea where they're going mm-hmm. with that um but i suspect that even that's going to be false and turn around and circle back to mysterio
2: yeah yeah i think that what it is is he's going to like create these like sort of elemental dangers and claim that he's some like sorcerer or something who can stop it and then you know but really it's him trying to get everyone's confidence for some other you know he's, he's doing a con and somehow yeah. is going to parlay that into something else, and so, um, yeah. But I just love that, you know, that 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 it's it's Mysterio with Fishbowl and everything,
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and it actually looks decent. <laughs> so I don't know. We'll we'll see how that goes. But a- Angie, what about you? Did you did you think it looks like a great movie or an exciting um, movie?
1: Yeah, I mean, Spider-Man's just not a comic I was ever really drawn to personally. Mm. Um, And so credit to Tom Holland that I'm actually, like, into these movies. Mm -hmm. Um, Because before, you know, I only kind of went to make my husband happy.
4: Mm.
1: So, yeah, I mean, it looks great. It looks, you know, it looks like it's going to be really, really beautiful. And uh, I love Jake Gyllenhaal. So, yeah, I'm about as stoked as I can be for a Spider-Man movie.
2: Okay.
3: That's just Marvel in general at this point, right? I mean... I never read Guardians of the Galaxy, really. I barely uh, knew anything about Ant-Man or Black Panther, but I went in with a certain level of expectations.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I was a big Doctor Strange fan, but yeah, Ant-Man, I knew who he was.
0: <laughs> are the spoilers done? Yeah, the spoilers are done. Yes. yes. Okay.
2: No, I mean,
3: I knew who he was. Like, it, For instance, I read Avengers, mm-hmm. but I didn't really read... Of course, I don't even think he had his own... no
2: ant-man um he used to have like he used to be in tales of astonish but by the time like all the different 60s characters had their own books like ant-man never got his own
3: Yeah, (laughs) and he's he's had
2: the odd limited series but he's never i mean i think in recent times like the the current ant-man who isn't even the the henry pym or scott lang version there's a third ant-man now he's had his own book but it didn't last long anyway <laughs> we've got an ant-man and a spider-man now yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right all right so that's enough talking about spider-man far from home we got stephanie back so um before we start talking about daredevil season three we're gonna pause for a moment for this promo from another fine podcast there are a lot of great podcasts that review dr who episodes in order the earth station who podcast is not one of them Just like The Doctor, we never know where or when we'll end up, but we'll have a lot of fun talking about it. From Classic Who to New Series and Big Finish. join the Earth Station Who crew wherever fine podcasts are found. Earth Station Who is a founding member of the ESO Network. and we're back and like we talked about uh, at the top of the show we are talking about daredevil season three which sadly is going to be the last season of daredevil um there are some conspiracy theories out there that think this is all some sort of clever plot orchestrated by marvel um i guess we'll get into that a little bit later but uh just first off um uh stephanie are you bummed that this is the last season of daredevil
0: I am very, very upset about this. Sorry, I might have yelled a little. <laughs> <lot>. oh, <yeah. laughs>
2: I th- that wasn't clear. What, how do you feel? I mean... <laughs> um, and, and I, I'm pretty sure we all feel the same way. I mean, Angie, are you pretty bummed that this is it?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm not too happy with Disney right now.
2: No, yeah. and Ryan.
3: Well, I mean, I'm not going to argue this consensus. No. Uh, no,
2: yeah. It, I, it feels like, yeah, it's sad.
0: I had a lot of vulgarities streaming out of my mouth when I first found this out.
2: Yeah, I was hoping, even after Luke Cage and Iron Fist, that maybe Netflix would just want to keep its toe in the door with Marvel, and maybe they'd keep Daredevil. You know, even if they got rid of everything else, maybe they'd keep that one because it's the most popular one, you know, and, and just keep going forward with that. But no, it, it was canceled as well. And And
0: now I find myself really not all that interested in the last season of Punisher and Jessica, because I know they're going to be canceled as soon as it's over. And if they're not, ooh, I'm going to (laughs) be really
4: pissed.
2: Yeah, I mean, all right. so here's the thing. So, um, I think there's a lot of confusion about what's been going on here, because some people think it's Netflix just being petty, and there's some people who think that Marvel just wants these shows on their own streaming service, so they're forcing Netflix to cancel them so that they can have them. But, from what I understand from actual sources that have reported on this, is that the issue is that Netflix wanted shorter seasons. Marvel didn't want shorter seasons because they felt if, you know, because they get more licensing revenue, I guess, for the number of episodes that Netflix puts out. So they wanted to keep it at 13 episodes. And that's the issue that led to the lack of compromise. So Netflix said, fine, if you're not going to budge on this, we're going to cancel these.
0: They're already super short seasons.
2: I, I agree i agree but you know i think netflix was looking something more like in the eight episode range like the defenders was and um so so yeah and and here's the thing all right i'm gonna say this i'm gonna put my reputation on the line here with this you are never going to see these shows on disney plus okay um it's already been said by disney that they want disney plus to be uh family I think if you have any hope at all of these shows uh, getting renewed somewhere, it's going to be on Hulu. Because Disney has already said their harder content, the stuff that's more in that hard PG-13 or R-rated range, that Hulu's going to be the repository for that. But even there, I mean, they're going to have to wait two years because that's the contract that Netflix has with Marvel that they can't utilize these characters on television for two years after the show ends on netflix so that's a long time for them to wait around and then you have to say that okay are the actors still going to be available and could they just you know renew it and you know there's a lot of stuff that would have to perfectly align especially to get every single show back You know, so I I just, I don't think that they're going to make it a priority because by that point, they're going to have other stuff in development and they're just going to move forward with those other characters that they develop.
0: I mean, honestly, I'm a Game of Thrones fan. So waiting two years for more Daredevil, even waiting three years for more Daredevil really isn't a thing.
2: (laughs) 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 And that's the thing, but we think of it as fans. So as fans, we're like, yeah, so I'd wait around for it or whatever. Corporations don't... don't think like fans. You know they don't. I know, you know. I'm just
0: trying to be a,
1: be a brat. I don't. I think this is the end. We're not going to see any more of these incarnations of anything.
0: No, we're not. And I'm really upset because I really, really enjoyed Daredevil, and I really, really enjoyed watching Charlie Cox.
2: Yeah. They
1: I, couldn't come up with like a like a five or six episode Foggy Nelson like show. I <laughs> you know. I feel well, like the material
3: writes itself. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I don't necessarily buy the whole. Um, episode count being the the reason. Uh, Disney just wants to consolidate into their own platforms, and Netflix has Valiant now, so I think neither party was really that interested in going forward, and they just found uh, an excuse to, to both walk away from the table. Well, which... yeah,
2: I think it's telling that the first series that they cancelled was right after it was announced that Viacom's bid for Fox had, uh, had been rejected and that they were going to go forward with Disney. Because I think Netflix was holding out hope that that Viacom was going to get Fox and then Disney was going to scuttle the plans for their streaming service because they needed the Fox TV content to make it viable. That was the whole reason Disney wanted Fox. I mean, it's great that there's some other nice things that Disney gets from Fox, like they get the X-Men and Fantastic Four and all that other stuff, but the thing Disney wanted was that television content that Fox had. Oh,
3: yeah. I I mean, if if I remember correctly, the whole thing was they just wanted to buy Futurama, and then it just all (laughs) snowballed from there.
2: Well, Simpsons too. You know, you get how many seasons of Simpsons when you buy Fox? Well, 25? Yeah, I mean, the, the
3: opening off, the opening negotiation, they didn't think Fox would say, hey, buy everything. They just oh, said,
2: hey, we need... Oh, I see. I see, I gotcha. Yeah. 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 So they, they needed more TV content to beep up there, because, you know, Disney's television content is mostly little kid stuff so they need something to provide sort of a broader range for a streaming platform and so that's that's what happened is is yeah they they um you know i think netflix once they found out that you know marvel was indeed going to get fox and was going to move forward their streaming service is kind of like yeah (laughs) maybe we don't need to have a relationship with you right now you know so Uh, but anyway, that, that aside, let's talk about the season that we got, because at least in my opinion, this is the best season of Daredevil and possibly the best season of any of the Marvel Netflix shows that we've had yet. Um, I don't know how controversial that is, but, uh, that, that was my feelings on it. So, um, so we start out with, uh, basically, uh, right off from Defenders and it's kind of funny to me that, um... You know, of all the shows so far, um, well, no, I guess of all of them, because, yeah, Daredevil was the last one to, to come after Defenders. Um, this is the one that starts closest to the ending of it, so it seems like Daredevil should have been the one right after Defenders. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, Matt's pretty beat up.
0: <laughs> Just a little bit. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, but when isn't he? Right. <laughs> so, um, you know, I mean, this season was, was really awesome for Matt um because they had to bring him to his absolute lowest point and it's was a journey for him to sort of build himself back up again um so what did we think about matt's journey and sort of like his sort of disassociation from his own self and coming back to being you know matt murdoch again um angie why don't we start with you
1: well, something you just said made me maybe change my mind about the season. So, um, hang on, let me process. Okay. <laughs> well, I guess so. I I think thematically, I really enjoyed this season. Um, I think thematically, it was the best season. But I had huge problems with the pacing,
4: mm.
1: um, and I kind of think overall, I liked the first season better. Um, but just the first half of the season, I just could not it was a slog to get through it. Not that I wasn't enjoying it, but I just felt like it was floundering around and not going anywhere.
4: Mm.
1: But if that's kind of paralleling Matt's kind of same kind of drowning feeling, then that's sort of brilliant. Um, So maybe I've changed my mind. Come back to me later. Okay.
2: (laughs) Um, Stephanie, what about you?
1: Well, that
0: was exactly how I had interpreted the first couple episodes where it was kind of, disjointed and all over the place because matt himself was disjointed and all over the place and not really sure what he wanted to do with his life anymore if he even deserved to have his life anymore
2: yeah i mean it's hard seeing him like you know uh uh fight those people who are grabbing that woman and her dad and then like when they briefly have the upper hand for him to just like kneel there and be like kill me you know.
0: Yeah. Oh, man, I I was near tears when that was happening. I mean, obviously, I knew they weren't going to kill him because it was, what, episode one or two? Pretty early, yeah. <laughs> um, but still, it was very showing of the emotional conflict he was going through uh, because of everything that had happened uh, in The Defenders as well as in the second season of uh, Daredevil.
2: Yeah, it's another reason why I really like what... Um, netflix has done with these shows is that they net they don't spoon feed us so they expect that you've seen defenders already and if you haven't oh well because i mean if you think about it from matt's point of view he not only just lost the love of his wife which they life which they do just um reference very briefly he says electra at the beginning but he's also lost his his father figure in stick You know, in defenders also. So here's a guy who's just come off of losing two incredibly important people to himself, Um, you know, uh, and after being like severely, like, uh, beaten up and damaged, you know, physically. And it's kind of like at the, you know, he, he, he's just like completely broken inside and out. And, uh and so yeah I like the fact that they don't uh that they don't spoon, spoon feed you um Ryan what did you think about uh um uh, matt and and his journey in this story
3: well I mean um okay you compared it to season one and i'm I'm still of two minds about that it's definitely a far cry above uh season two, but that really wasn't difficult um i've I watched i've Watched this season twice now. I Watched it the first time um, both ways on an international flight, <laughs> and then the second time when my wife finally got around uh, to watching it, I rewatched it with her. So I, yeah, I was able to pick up things and and see what I didn't see before. So I think I kind of understand arguments about the pacing issues, but when I watched it the second time, I didn't feel that so much. Maybe it's because I knew what was coming. <laughs> um, I knew how far ahead you know Kingpin was in his plan and and the things that. were were maybe considered inconsistencies or or plot holes, turned out not to be so much. So, um, I don't know. I enjoyed it more the second time than the first time, which is not to say I didn't enjoy it the first time. I did. But uh, I would say, in a sense, it's better than season one because... The character is felt established, even if he was going through his identity crisis. Even the thing about the thing about Matt Murdock is, I want, I love him and I hate him at the same time. You know, I, I want to just the way he treats his friends, the way he treats his life it's just so <laughs> i i it's just i, I watch him and it, it i despair but at the same time I, I root for him,
2: you know? well he is self-centered i mean it, it's it's definitely true that he's thinking more about himself i mean he tells himself that the things that he does are to protect others but it's really to protect himself oh yeah
3: i mean he you know people people uh use the term um selfish selflessness and that's mm-hmm. matt murdoch through and through right there mm-hmm. Uh, he thinks he's he's so noble he he wants to be a martyr so bad, and it just comes through, mm-hmm. but this season excelled like they always do as much because of the periphery characters for me
2: yeah i mean it, it, yeah I mean you see the point where like matt doesn't even want to be himself anymore right because he's like matt murdoch is dead you know that person just (laughs) doesn't exist you know so what do we call you (laughs) (laughs) he's the other guy (laughs) but uh and yeah you know but i i think i think this season was about matt discovering the fact that matt murdoch is someone that has value and that it's important to hold on to those relationships so if if we were getting a season 4, I would hope that they would at least push him past that in the next season and have him develop a bit more because it seems like this was necessary after the last two seasons for him to grow as a person and and you know, to not be such a jerk to his friends. <laughs> now now going into it, did did all of you know that Sister Maggie was his mom?
1: I did not. I feel like I was spoiled on this very podcast.
2: Yeah, it might have been. It might have been the Defenders podcast if you were on that one. Um, Because we we hear them calling for Sister Maggie, and I think uh, Mark and I talked about who that was. Uh, Ryan, did you know? I did, but at the same time, the way Marvel's
3: done I always there's always in the back of my head the possibility that they're going to do something different
2: yeah but the fact that she took such interest in him and everything I was pretty sure sh- I, I had the same thought that maybe they might do something different but it was kind of like by episode two I was pretty much like yeah she's his mom you know? <laughs>
0: I mean I didn't know that she was because I, I I'm not a Marvel comic right. fan. I follow all the visual movie me movie shows that, that this sentence is failing and I started this off talking about I want to be an author. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, Words are hard. <laughs> no, yeah, that's the they written are. word.
0: <laughs> um, but anyways, whatever. My point is is I've never really followed the comics. I'm all about the uh, live action stuff that they produce. Um, yeah,
2: that wasn't a knock on you. I wanted to know because you're the person oh, no, I want to no, talk to. I wasn't to. taking it right. as a
0: knock. I'm just... I'm just establishing that I don't follow that stuff, so I was completely oblivious. Mm. Um, and I think that sometimes leads to me enjoying it more than some of my friends who are hardcore into the comics and such, because then they're nitpicking every little detail here, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I thought it was good. Um, <laughs> but I also was starting to pick up at very early on that she is way too invested in him. Mm. Um
2: yeah, so that's what I wanted to ask you is basically like how you felt about their relationship, you know, not knowing that who she was and and sort of like the reveal over time and everything about that.
0: I had a feeling um, it, it was shortly before they actually revealed who she was, um, maybe the episode or two where I was pretty much dead certain that that she was going to be his mom. Um, But very early on, I I realized she definitely always had a special bond with him. Mm
4: -hmm. What that
0: bond was at first, I wasn't 100% certain, but it was very clear that she had taken a special interest in him at some point in time.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I thought that she was a treasure. (laughs) Oh, She was amazing. Oh, God, I absolutely loved everything about her and her relationship with him because she would just not take his crap. And it was so nice to have somebody put her in, you know, because the thing is like, you know, like Foggy and Karen always end up, you know, deferring to Matt. They might be like, oh, Matt, you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that, whatever. But at the end of the day, you know, either either they do a total break or they're like, we're through with this relationship or it's like, "Okay, we end up deferring to you. You know, it was great having somebody who was like, I'm going to stick with you and stick with this. But at the same time would be like, I'm not putting up with any of this because, you know, you're you're just full of crap. And, you know, I'm not going to let you, you know, uh, sulk and, and, you know, make yourself into a martyr and everything. So I have.
0: Yeah, I love that about her.
3: (laughs) Yeah, but the downside there was the moment you realized what niche she, she filled in his life, you knew another character was going to be on their way out.
2: Mm, see, I didn't realize that.
0: Yeah, I didn't either. Hmm. That totally took me by a surprise, and I again started wailing when that happened.
2: Yeah, because yeah, I mean, Matt loses another father figure. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs>
0: another father figure that he also felt betrayed him.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, Angie, what about you? Uh, what were your thoughts on uh, Sister Maggie? Um,
1: I enjoyed her for the most part. Um, I kind of tried to forget that I knew she was his mom, and it didn't work. Um, mm. so I was kind of always waiting for the reveal. <laughs> um, and normally that's not how I like to watch these. I like to not be spoiled if I'm not. But um, I the only thing I thought was slightly odd was just you know she's kept this kind of to herself for decades, and then. Matt finds out, so she immediately tells the whole story to Karen just seemed kind of weird to me, but Mm. maybe it was just time (laughs) the floodgates were open, I guess Um, but yeah, I I do like I mean, it's almost like she filled the role that Matt wants his life to take, like she's 100% committed and knows what her calling is and Matt seems to value himself so little that he can he if he doesn't feel like he has a calling he just feels like um like life's wor- not worth living so it was mm-hmm. nice for to have her there just with her kind of pure confidence in what she's doing and, and her place in the world and then you find out you know she she's even more confident in it because she did leave it and then came back
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, so that was a nice juxtaposition so i appreciated the character overall
2: yeah, I mean, I, I like the fact and it's good that, you know, uh, a lot of these writers, when they come to these you know stories, that they inject things that we've discovered since, because I don't think that the whole postpartum depression was part of the original story of Sister Maggie, because I'm not sure that was really well understood when they when they created that character in the comics. And I think that that at least helps make it more of a of a reason for that, because, you know, the problem my wife and I have with it is kind of like you abandoned your child. You know, it's like, I get that you, like, felt remorse and everything else and wanted to go back to, you know, the life that you had decided for yourself. But at the same time, you abandoned your child. And, and you know, it, it, that makes it a little hard. But I think that, you know, at least bringing up things that, you know, really exist and, like, having it be, like, an actual condition and things. And, you know, her thinking that this was just, like, you know, either God punishing her or whatever and that, that you know, that guilt... And, of course, that guilt is also what fuels Matt <laughs> so often. So, you know, again, it's a way for them to bond. But, um, you know, uh, that they're both characters motivated strongly by guilt. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was the one thing that was kind of like a, a downside to Sister Maggie um, is, is, is that part of it. Um, did you guys have any kind of an issue with uh, Matt not having a costume this season? Um, Ryan, let's start with you.
3: Well, he kind of did have a costume in the sense that. <laughs> you know,
2: Black strips of cloth, I mean. And rope around the hands, you know. Oh, well, yeah, that came later, yeah, but yeah. Yeah,
3: I mean, to direct, you know, again, Frank Miller should get writing credit for this series. Um, but, yes, I did. I, I just I felt like that part of me, the fact that, oh, that the, the Suit no longer serves serves the purpose I had it for, or whatever nonsense he used. It didn't ring true to me to begin with. It's yeah. a tactical advantage, uh, for mm-hmm. one thing. But for another, it's it kind of just. And this season kind of explored that whole copycat false identity uh, concept as well. But it, it's just no. We went through all of season one, working up to that. Oh, the costume mm-hmm. in like the second to last episode. No, he needed the costume. <laughs> so <laughs> yes, I did. I was a little annoyed about
0: that. <laughs> I was really hoping that he was going to get that costume like midway when we found out there was the copycat costume and he went and confronted mm-hmm. the uh costume maker. <laughs>
3: No, really. um. they, they needed they needed him in a costume and her and and, uh, and um, Poindexter in a costume fighting and then like each of them when then Karen
2: has her gun and she doesn't know going <laughs> to shoot. <laughs> <laughs> no him, no him. Because <laughs> that's not a trope at all, is it? <laughs> <No>. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, Angie, what did you think about the lack of costume?
1: Well, I kept trying to figure out what they were doing by swapping. Um, the Daredevil and Bullseye Colors. Um, I couldn't really come up with anything. I might have been trying to read into it too much.
2: I think you were trying to read into it too much.
1: Um, I mean... The show's called Daredevil. You didn't put him in the suit at all. <laughs> I don't know. It, 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 it didn't diminish my watching of the season, but it kind of made me wonder if they were going for some sort of larger... Um, thematic point i'm not entirely sure what they were going for
2: no i think it was just supposed to be a step backwards for matt because in the comics that's that is the costume he wore before he had like an actual like costume so i think they were just showing he's going back to you know you know he's going backwards in his life he's not going forwards and so i think that that was if there's any thematic thing from that, I think that's what that was. I don't think it was supposed to mean, you know, oh, Bullseye traditionally wears black, you know, so this is, you know, that the, there's a switch there. That, I don't think that's what they were going for. Um, but yeah, I, my, my thoughts are kind of similar to Ryan's. I, I didn't buy it when he said that he didn't need it because it, it's not only the tactical advantage and the fact that it's, like, bulletproof and, and, you know, has, you know, some armor capabilities to it, it's the fact that it's also something to, like, scare the criminals and whatnot that he he goes to. And there's a sort of psychological advantage to having it as well. So I, I just felt like it was kind of cheesy not to, you know, have it and not to want another one.
0: I um, kind of think that we might not have been quite as bothered by it if we were getting that season four. Yeah.
2: And yeah. that's the thing. I mean, who knows what they would have done if there had been a season. If he, if he still was wearing the black in season four, I'd have a much bigger problem yeah, with it. That's fair.
0: But as it stands now, we're stuck with him just never donning the suit again. Right. And as it as it stands now, as it stands forever, because yeah, I gotta stop.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Most likely, yes.
2: (laughs) No. I mean, we get a
0: just completely new reboot of it that won't have Charlie Cox and therefore I'll be sad.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I would love to be wrong, and I would love to hear that they're announcing, like, on Hulu in 2022, there's going to be, you know, Daredevil, you know, uh, season four. But or just, I just finding
0: out that this is some ploy of Thanos' snap.
2: <laughs> the Marvel Netflix series are just fading away into <laughs> dust. Um, see, it only made sense when it was just Luke Cage and Iron Fist that had been canceled, because then... You know that meme, like it's perfectly balanced. You know where <laughs> Jessica Jones and Daredevil are still there, but Luke and Danny have disappeared. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have seen that yeah. one, but yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah. So um, we also learned a lot about Karen. Oh yeah. This season finally got the payoff to Wesley's statement in the first season about her shady past, um, which I I. <laughs> And I know, it's because I'm always looking to the comics. I thought that they were going to go the route of, um, of, of the porn star. Um, you know, with with her past, and no, they didn't go that way at all.
0: Oh, there's uh, a route where she's a porn star.
2: <laughs> oh, god. Yeah.
0: Yeah, in fact, Story. In the comics, yeah.
2: and the fact that in the comics, the whole reason that the, it's actually it's in the comics, she was the secretary for Nelson and Murdoch first. Then she went to Hollywood trying to become an actress. Ended up becoming a porn star. You know, the you know the sleazy sleazy Hollywood guys convince her she's making a real movie, and her her life just goes steadily downhill and. It, to the point where she's like a drug addict and she sells the information that Matt is Daredevil for drugs.
0: Oh, geez. Yeah.
2: Right. And then that's how Fisk finds out because then that guy that she sold that to gets in touch with Fisk, you know, to tell him that Matt is Daredevil. And so that's how Fisk finds out. And I am much happier. That is one thing I like much better in this, that Fisk figures it out himself.
3: Well, but she does, I mean, they stayed true to the comics in the sense that, he
2: suspected but she mm-hmm. confirmed, confirmed it yeah right right yeah. well she doesn't even confirm it but she just gives it the the way she reacts it becomes much more you know obvious to him that yes th- this is probably you know what's going on but um but yeah so 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 Karen I mean it was really surprising to me like all the stuff that happened with her because and i like that they inverted the order so that first you get the phone call with her dad in present times and her dad is so cold and awful to her and then they kind of give you the explanation a few episodes later um so angie what were your thoughts on um karen's journey this season
1: um i'm kind of of two minds i thought the backstory gave um deborah wall a lot of room to kind of um emote Um, but I kind of felt like it was a cop out like her big dark past or whatever is so circumstantial and not really her fault like she feels really guilty about stuff that she really probably shouldn't and her dad is a horrible human being like always it's not like he was a good person and then she did this thing and now he's awful he just was always awful so I, I mean I don't Like, her family almost seems stereotypically
2: bad. Well, okay, I'll I'll grant you that, but at the same time, don't you think that, though, that people do blame themselves for things or, you know, that that they actually aren't their fault?
1: Sure, I just wish they had been brave enough to have anything that Karen is beating herself up about actually be bad.
2: Hmm. Okay, that's fair.
0: Like, maybe she had actually shot and killed the ex-boyfriend...
1: Well, just like her to little just- brother, it's not like she asked her brother to come and burn down yeah. the trailer. Like, he chose to do that thing, and well, she reacted. But,
2: yeah, yeah. And you're right, and she's driving the brother away because she knows the boyfriend's going to kill him if he stays. So even the decision to drive while drunk was right. not like, really. No I mean, there, there was, yeah. I
1: don't bl- like, everything that happened to her is really unfortunate, but I don't really blame her for any of it. Like right. Yeah, I don't either.
3: But what's most important there is she blames herself. What, whatever. Right, but I think it's, it's I think in, what, in a show interest... with Matt
1: Murdock, like we're, we're good on
3: the. <laughs> right. He'll blame himself for her. He
1: <laughs> Karen, Fine. it wasn't really you driving. I
4: was there.
2: Oh no! It's like oh, I should have driven down to you wherever that was and, and saved you at yeah. that point. I failed you for not being there. Yeah. Even yeah, I, <laughs> I didn't even know who you were. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, so um Ryan, what were your thoughts on, on that with Karen? Well,
3: I think um I think the Netflix or I should say the Marvel showrunners here wanted to develop Karen more. She's she's kind of a, a go between now between Punisher and Daredevil and she's gonna be in season two of Daredevil. So she's you mean not- Punisher. Oh, I'm He's the daredevil. Yes, yes, you're you're correct. Season two of Punisher. <laughs> um, so she's not quite, you know, the night nurse. Um, she's not Claire, but she was kind of assuming a role, a bridge between shows. So it kind of made sense to have more for her character to do. But and and I think that with Karen, they've able to explore the concept of a. God, I don't want to get political about this, but. Uh, especially in punisher karen you know, she's a badass concealed uh permit gun-toting uh journalist who i guess i guess in that sense she's kind of the punisher's ideal woman um <laughs> and, and so but i so
2: don't want any relationship there <laughs> yeah
3: no neither do i and i don't think he does either but right. and, 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 but then again we don't need a relationship apparently between her and matt either so that's a whole nother discussion i always
0: shipped her with foggy
3: you know, they tease that a couple of times, but I don't know where she's going to – well, when, where she would have yeah, been I, falling. You,
2: you know, I, I thought that Marcy was like the most awful person in season one, but they're <laughs> so cute together now that I don't want anything to come between that. <laughs>
3: But really, the only thing I would say about Karen or the, rather the last thing I'd say about Karen here is that she had the best running joke throughout the entire season, which would be when everyone from the FBI to the police to reporters, whoever, they'd say, oh, so you were the secretary. And she'd go she'd office manager for uh, right. you know, I mean, she had to correct them every time that she yeah. was even though she's like an award winning journalist. Now, it's important that they know she was the office manager for for the law firm.
2: Well, and, and actually, Angie, I'm going to come back to you on this, that um, one of the things that she's beating herself up about, even though it wasn't part of the backstory from a long time ago, is uh, that she killed Wesley.
1: Who kidnapped her.
2: Yeah. She killed but... with his gun. Yeah, <laughs>
1: that he was probably going to shoot her with.
2: Uh, we don't know that he was going to shoot her.
1: I think he was going to shoot her.
2: Okay. He said it was
3: unloaded, but it was.
1: Well yeah. thing too, he said it was unloaded, so her grabbing it shouldn't have had an effect, oh, but it was loaded, so oh, yeah. i don't I him. don't blame her at all for that because she wasn't getting out of that situation alive.
2: <laughs> <laughs> didn't he just want information out of her or something? I didn't think he was trying to kill her, but I'd have to watch season one again um, but uh but yeah, um but, but I like the fact that they brought that up. Because, you know, I mean, it seemed like in season two, they, I think they mentioned it one time or like they had her give like a funny look at one point because of something that was said that might have indicated that. But otherwise, you know, it yeah. didn't really, you know, uh, pay off or anything. And to have her just tell Fisk, oh, you want to know something?
3: <laughs> well, she did
2: that. I'm the phone. one who killed your buddy. I mean,
3: but that was planned that was she did it to provoke him to get him right. to confess on camera or to attack her on camera oh no
2: no no, no. Uh, i know that yeah. but I, i'm just saying that it paid off in a way i mean because i mean like it actually became part of the plot you know and, that she had killed Wesler.
3: and it's um and they did this they had they had a couple of callbacks to season one there was one of their old clients uh so to their credit things that they established in season one still exist. it didn't just get glossed over and forgotten so that that's a, a good point for the show as well
2: do you want to know what's funny, though, Ryan? I mean, after you've talked about, you know, uh, Karen sort of being the glue between Daredevil and um, um, Punisher and that, you know, Claire was the glue between the, the other four show you know, the four Defenders shows, that you know who the real glue that holds the Netflix shows together is, don't you?
3: If you say uh, Murtaugh or Blake Nelson or uh, uh, Tower, Blake Tower, I'm going to be mad.
2: No. <laughs> you're going you're to say Murtaugh. No, it's Turk. Oh. Turk has oh, been in Turk. every season of every one of these shows.
0: Yes. I, well, he wasn't, every time wait. he pops up, I'm like, oh poor Turk, he's gonna get punched again.
3: <laughs> wait, wait, wait. wait. Was, Turk, he season, was he in season three,
2: of Um, I'm pretty sure he was, because I'm pretty sure that there was a, a bit with that. But, yeah. uh Yeah. Yeah. He's been in like every season of all of these shows, and it's always great because it's like, yeah. Like, like, like Stephanie said. Like, he's always going to get beaten up about something. I don't
3: uh, know. I'm thinking now. I, I've seen the season twice now, and I don't remember Turk. Huh. Of course, I also don't remember the Stan Lee uh, poster. So, mm,
2: I'm sure, sure. Well, yeah, well, don't make me cry on the podcast. <laughs> <all right. laughs> You can edit it out. Anytime anytime it's like anything with Stan Lee, it's kind of like, oh. And knowing that he'll almost certainly be in Captain Marvel as a cameo, and definitely is in Endgame as a cameo, and potentially even in Far From Home as a cameo... (laughs) It's kind of like, oh, man, this is going to be rough. Maybe you don't want to see into the Spider-Verse, then. (laughs) Yeah, I've heard he's in it. That's all I know.
0: Apparently, Turk actually wasn't in season three.
2: Oh, was he not? Okay.
0: (laughs) I had to go Google it, because I was like, wait, wait, wait.
2: Yeah, I seem to remember a scene where people were smashing up, like, a shop that he was...
0: That what happened in or Iron Fist.
2: Fist. Oh, God.
4: Because
0: it was Luke and Danny who went to go see him. Because I was thinking of that same scene, and then I'm like, wait. Those aren't the right characters.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, well. All right. Well, he was the glue that held the shows together, because until that point, he was in every season of every show. But all right. Fair yeah, enough.
3: Well, the actors in um, that NBC show, that uh, this is us. So I guess he got a way better gig.
2: Um, yeah, and it stinks we're never going to get more Claire. But, you know, whatever. Um. <laughs> <laughs> whatever (laughs) so so yeah i mean no i guess i guess i'll guess we'll come back to your comments about karen the gun-toting badass back and when we do punisher season two but um because i know she's going to be in it in some capacity um but what do you think about um karen's sort of trajectory of being a journalist and then getting fired. And even though she kind of repaired her relationship with her boss, the idea that she would be the PI uh, for Nelson and Murdoch. Um, I have- Angie. <laughs>
1: Sounds great. Print media dying. It's a good career move.
3: (laughs) Apparently their health plan was really crappy from what what we saw.
2: You know it's a problem when, like, I read a few years ago, and I don't know if this stuck, but, like, DC even had Clark Kent, like, stop being a reporter for the Daily Planet and just writing a blog because, you know, that same idea is that, you know, print media is, like, kind of going away, so... um... I was like, oh, man, <laughs> it, just, it just sounds so cheap, though, <laughs> to just be a <laughs> blogger. But, uh, <laughs> I can't think of the right word, but, you know, it's, like, low quality and, you know, it's just, I don't know. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, Ryan, uh, do you have any thoughts about Karen um, being well, a PI? I-,
3: I think maybe it's because of what did happen to her brother, but Karen clearly... Wants to help people she wants to make Mm -hmm. the world kind of a better place right and she did that first working for a law firm and then working as a journalist and now but each time she hit a wall and and what she was able to actually accomplish so that's when she couldn't do more being the office manager and of course the law firm dissolved she went and became a journalist and part of that was also that she had uh Ulrich as a inspiration you know and, and so I you're... don't know honestly I it, I would love it, it never happened but I'm now I'm thinking of this now as uh, as you ask this question I would love for her to be in uh, Jessica Jones season three um, for an episode or two just to pick up some cues on how to how to be a detective
2: a PI mm. yeah I, I mean I feel like in one one hand that oh well before Stephanie do you have any thoughts on on uh, Karen as a PI
0: Am I remembering correctly that they made some rip on Jessica
3: in that?
2: Yes, they're like, she'll be more dependable than Jessica yes. Jones. I think they said stable. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> I think they said sober. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, I started laughing yani. them off because I love Jessica, but I also love how much they always, throughout the the whole Netflix continuity, they were always ripping on her for being a drunk, unstable. Pi who just barely gets the job done. Yeah, she gets the job done really well, but just barely. Uh,
3: She's that kid who didn't study for the test but gets an A. <laughs> I, I kind
0: of relate to her on that level.
3: <laughs>
4: Work
0: smarter, not harder. <laughs> if you can find the half-ass way out to do it, do it. Um, but yeah, that was my favorite part about it. Was just that I was fairly certain they made some rip on Jessica that just made me laugh.
2: Yeah, I mean, I felt that on the one hand, we already have that niche filled by Jessica. So I was like, do they really need another private investigator in this kind of small, you know, group of shows? Because they could always, you know, pull in Jessica for an episode. It's not like these people haven't guest starred on each other's shows before. But at the same time, I like it for Karen because... You know, we've seen that she's more capable than just being an office manager, and the whole idea of the investigative journalist that gets into trouble so that the hero has to swoop in and save her is such a tired trope, you know. And so I really feel like it's a move that makes sense because of all the investigating that we've seen her do over the last, you know, three oh, yeah, seasons and, she, and she's clearly
0: yeah. good at it.
2: Right. And so, um, you know, I, I, I think for her character and the way that they've depicted Karen, it makes total sense that that's a way that she could be useful to them and and give her more to do than just being basically, you know, an office manager. Okay. But glorified secretary, you know, (laughs) and that's what she was in the comics was just the secretary, but she's, she's capable of being so much more. So I like them. I like them sort of, you know, pushing her in that direction. Um, so we also had some developments for Foggy Bear. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we did. (laughs) He, he, uh, he ran for uh, district attorney. (laughs) And, uh, but I, I feel like almost that he was the most static of the characters because, you know... In the end of the day, he didn't really pursue that position, and I was kind of almost hoping that Foggy was going to make it, like, running on his one issue of Fisk. <laughs> so, um, so, Ryan, what do you think about Foggy? Because I, mean, I love him. I love the character, yeah. but I feel like he's the most, like, static of all the characters in this show.
3: Well, that... Static isn't necessarily a problem. I mean, Steve Rogers is pretty static. Uh, to, you know, when you think about it. so, as long as as if you're in a good spot, then run with it. Um, and and I I'm kind of glad he didn't become you know DA. That would have just been a little too a little. It just I don't know. It wouldn't have done it for me. It just would have been. I, mm-hmm. I, I I almost said unrealistic, but then I remembered what we're talking about uh, as a series. No, so.
2: But, but he I was did, actually like he was actually he was winning. well. Yeah, yeah exactly,
3: <laughs> exactly, and that's why I rolled my eyes and thought, "Oh my God, that he's actually going to win." Right. It just it's I don't know. It was was just too Jimmy Stewart for me, I guess. I, I,
2: I well, know. I guess that's the but, thing. I I I, I mean, I, he needed the leverage to be able to get the DA to do what he wanted him to do, and so that's why they needed him to be polling well. But at the same time, I felt like. Like you, that it was a little too much. Yeah, um, and yeah. and it
3: was secondary. I mean, originally the whole reason he ran was to protect himself, to be out in the public, mm. to you know be safe from Fisk. But um, I will say, <laughs> but, I
2: but the problem the problem is Marcy's like, oh yeah, if you're in public, like you know, nothing can happen to you. And I'm like, do, do you even know yeah, what assassinations I- <laughs> are? Because <laughs> there have been plenty of public figures out in the open who have been shot or stabbed or whatever. You know, it happens. You know It, it was a plan.
3: It wasn't a great plan. But then <laughs> right. every plan in the Daredevil universe, you know, usually it doesn't work out so well the first <laughs> try. It's like, oh, our witness died. Well, let's go find another one and keep this one alive. You know, and that mm. one, oh, he shot himself. Well, OK, but at least he filmed his confession first. I mean, you know, so, yeah, their plans aren't the best when you think about it and neither was foggy's but i, I did love about Fog- i agree marcy i hated her at first but she's really grown on me but i did love actually just seeing foggy's family i don't know if he's related to him or not but the guy they got to play his brother i swear it, it seemed like that was foggy probably like in college mm. you know i it just i don't know in that sense um I kind of want a Netflix series of just the Nelsons, butcher shop. (laughs) I I would
2: watch the crap out of that. Yeah, it was really nice seeing it. It's got, you know, like the the life that he came from and everything and sort of like seeing like they're this really like, you know, close-knit family, the family business and everything. And, and, you know, you sort of see how, you know, Foggy kind of grew up to be the guy that he is, you know, kind of an unassuming, you know, guy that just, you know, generally wants to be a good person and everything else. And so yeah, I kind of liked all that, and, and you know their pride in him and everything was kind of touching, and and uh, I, I, yeah.
3: absolutely. And while I to amend my original comment that sometimes static is good uh, when it's right, the thing about Foggy is he is even though all the character uh, characters on him shift and change and their morality bends and you know blurs, he he never wavers in his conviction. And sometimes I want to slap him. I, towards the end of the season, I was like, no, Foggy, just kill Fisk already <laughs> <You know? laughs> this season, like, Netflix could have gotten their 8 episode season if not for Foggy you know?
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah but you know it's fine. I
0: gotta say with going back to that whole assassinations in public comment uh-huh. I honestly thought Marcy at first was trying to convince him to go into this because she had been swayed by Fisk
4: Oh,
2: and that's that was awful. that be the
0: plan the whole time.
2: That's too dark. I don't want that.
0: <laughs> that was what I thought. I mean, I've never been a fan of her. I still ship him with Karen.
4: Okay.
0: <laughs> um, but, yeah, I totally thought that was the route it was going. Because I'm like, going out in public is not necessarily the safest route here. <laughs>
2: Well, when she first showed up, I used the quote that Londo uses in Babylon 5 of that her personality could shatter planets. So (laughs) she's grown on me quite a bit since then. They've toned her way down because that first season, she was so annoying, you know, but
0: that was still the image I had of her in my head and I could totally see her early on having been swayed by Fisk. Maybe Mm. not now that the whole season had progressed, but at that point well, I, I could still see it as potential.
3: Sure. It, you know, it could have just been <laughs> in all honesty, if Fisk had just hired her law firm, it probably would have solved a lot of problems for him.
2: Yeah. yeah. yeah true. <laughs> uh, <love> <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of disappointed because I was hoping Foggy was part of the group that followed Jerry over and we were going to get some Hogarth in this season, so it was kind of sad that he wasn't, but oh well. Um, well, so, I
3: mean, to be fair, we don't know that he wasn't. They never said what firm he worked for.
2: Yeah, no. but I don't believe Marcy would have known.
3: He's the
1: lawyer to all of the defenders.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, mm. so, uh, so Stephanie, though, what, what did you think of Foggy this season?
0: He was foggy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> did you like seeing really... his family?
0: Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, I kind of hated them, though, for the the fact that they were trying to guilt him out of leaving a life that he obviously was happy with to no. do this deli, which he didn't really seem happy with. But that's with. a real
2: thing. I have a friend who's a doctor of history. He's got his doctorate in history. And he, he's working on a farm right now because that's the family business. You know, yeah, and, and that of stuff pisses rip. me
0: off when it happens in real life it pisses me off when it happens in fiction
2: mm. <laughs> no. um, And that's the thing he feels obligated because the family is on hard times and they need the extra hand but they can't you know pay like an outsider to come in and so yeah no.
0: yeah so I, I, I know that's very much based in reality but it was still something that really angered me and made me dislike his family.
2: Well, it's hard when your livelihood depends on something and it's something that is the family business. I kind of get why people can be like that. You know, that, you know, they they don't want to put the pressure on and if times are good then you know it's kind of like great do what you want but i i kind of see where they're coming from even though it'd be nice if there was a way to make every you know to have because you know for their business to go out of business isn't you know a positive thing either you know so you know
0: sometimes things are just meant to die
2: (laughs) okay thanos
3: And on the former site of uh, Nelson's Deli, Chili's coming next summer. <laughs> but that's kind of interesting, that strategy, the difference between Karen and Foggy there. Karen blames herself for everything. And Foggy, Foggy's brother's like, yeah, because you left, man, we had to do all this. And Foggy's like, too bad. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: that made me so happy when he did tell his brother that, dude, you knew this was... <laughs> sketchy from the get-go. Why the yeah. f*** did you do
3: it? Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, Foggy's like, I feel bad for you, man, but, you know, <laughs> not my fault. Right.
2: <laughs> well, it's only the problem because then it's like Foggy doesn't want to be the reason that his parents go to jail, and so then that's why he has to, you know, back off when they put the pressure in, but at least he's a man with a plan. Um, so, um, but uh, Angie, what do you think of Foggy?
1: Um, i I really love Foggy. I think the actor's pitch perfect. Um, I love his interactions with basically everybody in the show and all of the rest of them. Um, The only thing, and I, it's kind of the same issue that I had with uh, Sister Maggie just, like, spilling her guts to Karen for no reason. Which Mm. is, I feel like Foggy having that disagreement with Matt was like a... He was like describing all of his character's motivations in the speech and it was like it, it was such a like tell not show moment for me that it really took me out of it but that was the only issue i had with any of anything involving foggy this season hmm and
0: don't take my "he's foggy" comment to mean that I don't enjoy him. He, as she, as Angie just said, his actor is perfect for the role, and he portrays the character very well. And there was no deviation from that. It it just he was kind of static, and there weren't very many standout moments to me in anything that really makes me have much to say about him. Yeah,
3: I. I will say for me, it wasn't the whole. that wasn't that moment with Foggy, um, but for me, my whole roll my eyes moment with him was when all the documents and files fell on the floor and he looked at them <laughs> and it all came together. You know?
0: And the fact that he let Matt pickpocket him.
2: Oh well, I don't know if he let him. No, yeah, he didn't know that Matt was doing that. Matt just did it. That was Matt being I didn't a jerk.
0: Mean he let him, let him. I mean, it happened yeah. and.
2: He didn't report it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, how do you report that a dead, dead guy stole your wallet? <laughs> oh, no, that's right. People, he's, he's, he's not... The, yeah, he's just
0: missing. The been stolen.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, the next character is somebody that I had absolutely no expectations for. I don't even know if he exists in any version of the comics, but uh, Agent Nadim. Um who was i kept expecting things to happen with him that like kept going different ways so, I yeah, kind of like the fact that as a character, because I thought that, oh, okay, because he's, I thought it was going to be more direct that, oh, he's he's in need of money and Fisk is going to be like, hey, I can take care of your debts if you do, you know, X, Y, and Z for me. And thought that he was going to like, that was going to be Fisk's end to like having power again was by controlling the Deem. And while it happens eventually that he ends up controlling the Deem somewhat, it happens in this circuitous way that's kind of just like, oh, 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 you know, <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, Angie, did you feel it was the same way with you or did you kind of expect what was going on with Nadim and how do you think about him as a character?
1: I think I had higher hopes for the FBI in general.
2: Mm. Um, they just...
1: <laughs>
2: I, <laughs> Fisk is that good, though. I don't
1: know what the FBI did to the writers <laughs> of this show, but... <laughs> like, I mean, the, just the bumbling, like... I don't know. The FBI did not come off as very um, competent as an organization.
2: Okay, my favorite part about that is when um, Poindexter's on, like, uh, report or whatever, and is supposed to be, like, on on home leave or whatever, and he just comes in and says, no, I'm good now. And the other guy's like, oh, okay. (laughs) And he's like, hey, can you beat it? Oh, sure, you know, and leaves the room so that he can, like, control the cameras. And it's like, wait, you don't check with anyone to see if if what he's telling you is the truth? Yeah. (laughs) so yeah Um, that that one was
1: yeah the the actor grew on me um in the beginning the the first couple of episodes i found his scenes really hard to watch he just didn't really draw me in i wasn't Mm. sure what they were doing with it like it seemed really disjointed and like it's like they they were hinting at his like things in his relationship with his family that never panned out um but by the end, he'd really grown on me, mostly because by the end I was so excited they were going to stick it to Fisk that I was down, going to Deem. But um, yeah, I, I as an addition, I thought the actor was great. Um, a lot of his early stuff was part of why I had such issues with the pacing this season. Um, so I, uh some a call me, some a call so him B, because <laughs> <Yes.
2: laughs> okay. Um, Ryan, what do you think about Nadim?
3: Well, I, he was like the biggest known, right? Mm-hmm. In, in the whole series. All the other characters were pretty much, well, with the exception of Poindexter. Uh, were established, or you knew who they were through the comic books if you were a reader. Mm-hmm. But Nadine he could have gone anywhere, so I, I'm watching him, and like, yeah, the first half of the season or so, I'm watching him, and I'm thinking, oh, I can see his slow descent. Oh, look at this. He's be- What an idiot. He's being fooled. Oh, wait, now he's committed too much. He's going to have to double down because it's going to look worse if he suddenly comes clean. And then Bam! He gets pulled in when they use his gun to kill uh, the inspector, mm-hmm. and uh, and that right there is probably when that that to his credit that actor the look on his face the way he portrayed his helplessness the way he saw he was trapped right then and there he saw he realized how big this conspiracy was he realized just how he was controlled by Fisk and for how long and that's when I suddenly I just I, I had an emotional attachment to him and I was rooting for him and it didn't work out so well
2: yeah i mean it was it was because i mean you know like i say you you see all these things where it's like oh this is going to be like the really easy trope of you have all these debts and i can get you out of them kind of thing and then watch him make the right decisions and be like hey you know point is really a problem and he's working with this and we gotta take care of this and he even gets shot oh the part that i love the best though is that if you watch it it almost seems like he never gets anything done about that wound because he goes from situation to situation, he's still bleeding, and suddenly it's like, okay, now we own you, and he like goes directly to places his Fist tells him to go, and it's like, when did he ever have chance to like bandage that thing or do anything <laughs> about it? <laughs> but um, meditate like Matt taught him. <laughs> and he <healed> him. <laughs> but um, but yeah, then to have that scene where his boss implicates him, like the person, and I felt so stupid after that scene because I'm like. I should have seen that when she had everything like tarped over and everything she's like oh the contract i should have figured out that oh she's in on it and she's gonna you know she doesn't want the blood splatter to get on her stuff but it wasn't until it happened and afterwards i'm thinking about it, i'm like oh god i'm such an idiot you know <laughs> so you i know. have
0: the same feeling there nathan
2: so yeah, yeah. i mean Plus. that's funny right because usually
3: in these shows Everything they do, everything they show, it's it's checkoffs, whatever, mm-hmm. and it's going to come back. And so, yeah, they show plastic over all the furniture, and I, that should have been the giveaway. It really should have. But this series, the Netflix series are good about this, about just having these ancillary objects or storylines that lull you into thinking maybe covered furniture is just covered furniture. Yeah,
1: uh, I thought she was evil immediately on seeing the covered furniture. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, good for you, Angie. Awesome that we
2: didn't. Now, if her furniture was covered in plastic that was like that, that plastic wrap, you know, then I'd be like, she's evil, because, you know, people who do that. Anyway. Uh-
3: <laughs> well, you know, maybe it's because they showed her daughter, right? And, like, right, right. right before, the daughter would go, hey, Mom, why is everything covered in plastic? Right.
2: Or right. Something? But <laughs> she came directly from the top of the stairs out the door. She didn't go through the kitchen, so... Who knows? Yeah. Um, but... uh but, but yeah, and, and so yeah, like Nadim's whole thing because I mean until that point you think Fisk is using Nadim as his way out. And and you find out that Fisk was already controlling the situation before he ever got out, and he was the reason why Nadim was in debt and you know, all this other stuff to see how much he had orchestrated. So even though it was, you know, the emotional moment for Nadim, it was also the moment when they bring into focus just how you know how much bigger fisk's reaches at that moment and so that i think was really well done well, um, for me
1: it was when she said she used to have two kids and my like mm. my stomach just dropped that was the yeah. worst feeling
2: well i mean it's part of that same scene though right i mean yeah. She, yeah so so i mean yeah that whole thing when she monologues to him afterwards you know um yeah yeah that was like a really powerful like and the whole season pivots on that moment um so, uh, so yeah, I thought that was really well done. And, yeah, I mean, from then on, yeah, I mean, you're, you're hoping that he's going to be able to patch things up with his family and that he's going to get out of it. But I'm glad that they took the harder road with that. And they're like, hey, I, we know you kind of like this guy now, audience, but uh, guess what? You can't go up against someone like this without some you know, collateral damage. And uh, so he was one of the casualties of that. And, and the really awful thing is, is he died with his wife you know, kind of hating him. You know, we never saw any kind of reconciliation or anything on her part, you know, so, you know, that's that's really rough, too. Um, but, hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess I, I thought about that, but <laughs> I don't know well, if I mean, people I mean, did.
3: He, he did leave her the video message, so... I, I don't
2: know. Well, yeah, but she was already in such a place of, of being angry with him that I don't know if that makes a difference. It might make See, a difference for the son.
3: Uh, uh, this may come across as... That on my part, and maybe this is just my feeling, but I didn't really like his wife. (laughs) I mean, it just—it's like I I don't know. I I get that he's in a high stress position, especially Mm. when he's leading Fisk's detail and everything. But just seemed like every time they showed her, she was tearing him a new one—not undeservedly so, but still, it just—I didn't find her (laughs) likable.
1: Well, it goes back to like they hinted at things that I feel like should maybe have been fleshed out or not brought up like I got the distinct impression that it had been an arranged marriage um Mm. because of her comment about like why she agreed to marry him and like all her reasoning and it just to me and maybe this is just my personal experience with um you know where i grew up i had a lot of um hindu friends in high school and that was definitely a thing that happened Mm -hmm. with a lot of them was that they had arranged marriages and it was just part of the culture Mm -hmm. so but they brought it up specifically or they hinted at it and then it never came up at all we just and i don't know if that's refreshing It, it seemed a little confusing because it just went uncommented on and then yeah he died so I don't
2: Well, I, I'm not I, sure well, it's necessary that it was an arranged marriage, and there are ways to spin that comment that, that don't mean an arranged marriage, but um But, but it yeah, works either way. Yeah, I think it works either way is the is the thing. So And
3: that goes back to your comment, Nathan, about not needing to spoon feed everything.
2: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that the how they got married didn't need to factor into the plot, um of, of what was going on there. But yeah, I don't know. I, I felt <sighs> I the one thing that annoys me is how man, I mean, often these superhero shows spin on the fact that like you know characters are lying to to people that are close to them. <laughs> you know? it be so refreshing to see a show where like you know the characters are completely like open and honest with their loved ones, but yeah. Um So I get her point. I get why she was mad at him. Um Yeah.
0: To be perfectly honest, he was a character that I started the series fully prepared to hate.
2: Mm. Well, that's the thing. That's why I thought he was going to be the sleaze bag that ends up working with this just because he wants to get no. his debts erased. That it's like, OK, this is not like enough of a reason to go into bed with a criminal, you know, a, a you know, criminal mastermind. But no, I mean, he never knowingly entered into an arrangement with Fisk until he was put in a position where, you know, he was going to be implicated for murder if he didn't. And uh and mm-hmm. so yeah, it was a completely different situation than I thought was gonna happen with him. Um and I like that. I like that whenever shows fool me about uh about what's gonna happen. Yeah. Um so let's talk about our other major FBI agent. Special sure. agent Poindexter. Um so uh this one I definitely didn't spoil for anyone. So Angie before <sighs> I, well you already said that you, you you were thinking about the the matt and matt and him changing colors at what point were you aware of the fact that he was bullseye
1: um when he saved fisk
2: oh okay so that early yeah. on okay um and uh and stephanie do you, do you know even know who bullseye is when we say that
0: well, I know now, but oh, okay. I had no idea going in. Okay,
2: all right, yeah, 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 that's what I want to know. So so this is great, because you came into all of this with absolutely no knowledge.
0: <laughs> I was actually expecting that uh, when he first appeared, that we were going to see, uh, oh, shoot, I'm forgetting his name, the Punisher come in. Mm. I was, with the amount of carnage that he was blowing <laughs> up, I was totally expecting him oh, to suddenly
2: Oh, here. I so wanted the Punisher in this. Because that's what I kept saying when they were like, oh man, Fisk is so ter- you know, terrible, how can we get to him? I'm like, Karen, pick up your phone <laughs> and call Frank, okay? Yeah, that's what Frank, that's his name. That's <laughs> yeah. why I kept thinking. <laughs> yeah. Frank Sorry, will I'm sucking care- sushi
0: in my mouth while we're talking
4: <laughs> <Okay>. now. <so.
2: laughs> Frank will take care of the situation with Fisk. <laughs> You don't need to worry about it. And that's, you know, I've mentioned that before. I wish that they would do little things like that, of having them at least try to get in touch with characters that they know are out there that could help. You know, it's like, you know, maybe like well, Frank's unreachable or something, but at least try, you know, at least show her trying. Well, um,
3: there, therein lies the problem, right? I mean, assuming, depending on when Punisher Season 2 happens, I, I don't know, Frank may have gone to ground or, or just be un. I almost said untouchable, but unreachable. And so, how would she even try? Does she doesn't have a phone number or a way to contact? How did she do it in season one of Punisher? Did she leave at personals in the newspaper or something? I can't
2: remember. I think it was something like that. Yeah. She oh no, she she
3: put her plot She put a pot, uh, a plant, a pot of uh, plant
2: in right. her window. Yeah. But, you know, that's,
3: I don't know if that would work now.
2: <laughs> you know, speaking of Punisher, though, I kind of had a hard time accepting that all of Punisher. Because se- the way they made it seem, they made it seem like, you know, okay, they said it took Matt something like three weeks to recover, you know, after they fished him out, you know, at the orphanage. And then it's like, okay, we see him training. So maybe another few weeks. It's like, so all of Punisher season one happened in the middle of that? That just seems kind of you know it just seems kind of tight you know um for that i was i was thinking they were going to give us a bigger time jump for daredevil to allow for punisher to have happened in between it's almost like the writers didn't even pay attention to the fact that karen had that whole thing happen to her um you know in the middle there
0: spoiler alert i bet they didn't <laughs> <laughs>
3: well uh, to be fair do we have any reason to believe punisher happened after defenders
2: uh, yeah, because um Karen says something about like she just lost a friend recently or something uh, yeah, talking about right, Matt. Right. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's definitely in a in a thinking Matt is dead uh, mindset. Um oh, yeah, so Poindexter. Um so which is such an awful name. I giggled
0: every time.
2: <laughs> I know. I just giggle every time his name is said. I'm just like, dude. All right. Um but uh so yeah, so um uh, Bulldog so had you never seen the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie, Stephanie?
0: Okay, so here's the thing with that. Okay. I know for a fact I saw it. And yeah. I know for a fact I saw it in theaters. Okay. I don't remember anything about <laughs> it. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, Colin Farrell played the character in that, but uh, a well, uh, completely different performance. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I, apparently he didn't know the meaning of the term over the top because... Um, he just shot for the past the ceiling, um, but anyway, <laughs> um, he missed so, the target. Yeah, missed the target. <laughs> <laughs> so, and this—I knew Jennifer was going to talk a lot about this. So, I'm kind of sad she wasn't able to get on the podcast. But, what did you think of the way that he was depicted? And you know, um,
0: creepy stalker.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that woman. You know, and the funny thing is you think it's going to go, that's another one where you thought it was going to go one way, and oh, yeah. then they, 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 they did a nice job of of switching that up.
0: Especially with me having no idea who Poindexter was going to turn out to be, I originally mm. did think that he really did have a girl he was going to go share some pizza with, and, and then you <laughs> see him sitting in the car eating pizza, watching her get pizza somewhere else, and I was just like, oh, this dude's creepy, he's not right. <laughs>
2: Well, he's an example of someone that I'm really glad that they brought, like, actual, like, mental illness into it. Because in the comics, it's just, he's a guy that loves to, like, hit things. You know, and it's like, and he never misses, and he's really a perfectionist about that, but it's like there's no real like underpinning to it, you know it's just kind of like that's his thing is he likes he has he has no like uh empathy, and he just likes you know hitting targets, so that made assassin a natural calling for him, you know it's kind of like uh, but this they kind of gave him like a real. You know, I mean that they gave him like a real, like a real psychology, real underpinning to that, and actually depicted the whole therapy process that he was going through and everything. And I and I really enjoyed that because it made it feel like, you know, this is a real person. Yeah. You know that that you know someone could actually be like this. Yeah,
0: I had similar thoughts there too. I it I liked the way they were portraying him with the attempted therapy and from a kid growing up into it and then the the fact that he had just barely been holding on since his therapist passed
2: yeah it's one of those things that i've heard from other people too that they did that like sort of buzzing in his head sound you know like when things were kind of going awry for him or whatever and he was having a hard time holding Mm -hmm. on i've heard people mention that you know that suffer from certain kinds of mental illness about that buzzing in their head you know and i thought that that was really well done about you know as well to to sort of show that you know the that that he's kind of struggling sh- at that point mm-hmm. um so ryan what were your thoughts on uh, point dexter
3: um okay I, I think i i feel like the showrunners will take more liberties with the secondary tertiary characters and that makes mm-hmm. sense right? Uh, right they're not gonna mess up matt murdoch too much they're not gonna mess up frank castle too much um but Typhoid Mary, oh, let's play around with her. Uh, mm. Bullseye, let's play around with him. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. With Typhoid Mary, I think it uh, didn't necessarily – it was okay, but it didn't quite work. But with mm. Bullseye, they tried something new and different here, and it was fascinating to watch. Um, I don't know if that's if it's like the writers or the actor or a combination of both, but you watched him struggle to, to – I guess, do good, not because he was good, but because he knew he should do good. And that mm-hmm. was such an interesting concept. Like I said, they dealt with, just like they did with postpartum, they they tried to tackle broad strokes, mind you, um, mm-hmm. actual real issues and mental issues, and they get credit for that, for addressing these, and – And so, (laughs) I mean, in in Dex's case, it just kind of showed you that, um, you know, when you've got great accuracy and throw a baseball at a wall for years, you can get your own superpower basically and as long as you're willing to you just kill for any slight whatsoever
2: yeah it probably makes us bad people but my wife and i now say to our kids when they're complaining about something that must have been very hard for you oh my god <laughs> i was just waiting <laughs>
4: we're such awful people not that the kids
2: know what we're doing but my wife and i are doing that all the time now oh no that makes me like you
0: guys more (laughs) (laughs) but maybe that means i'm an awful person (laughs)
2: right? but yeah because that's the thing He, he he doesn't he doesn't have any empathy i mean that's the problem i think i think schizophrenia is what they said uh, about that um but whatever they whatever term they they had for that is like but that's the thing he's trying so hard because he knows that there's something there that he needs to address and like even like when he's struggling like he, he gets the tapes from his therapist and he's just listening to those tapes going to sleep with those tapes playing um I mean, nope. he
3: he knows he's broken, and through most of the series, he doesn't want to be broken. But then right. he hits a point where, and Fisk, being Fisk, manip- manipulates him into it, where he realizes, where he comes to the conclusion: if he is broken, it's a broken that he wants to be, and he's just gonna ride it out.
2: Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, Angie, what did you think about Poindexter?
1: Um, I really liked the actor a lot um, I really liked um, and I I think I might be the only one I, I actually enjoyed watching um, Typhoid Mary um, oh so, I enjoyed it too uh, you know in much the same way I, I think that trying to ground this character in um, you know and having some struggles that are a bit more relatable um, benefits the character overall. The only real problem I had was going back to this idea that, like, what did the FBI do to the showrunners
4: of this <laughs> show? Because
1: I, this guy is obviously fragile enough that Fisk can... I mean, yes, Fisk, Fisk is terrifying, but, like, if he was that breakable that easily, the FBI should have known about that. Like, what do they think FBI background checks are, I guess? Is, I mean...
3: Yeah, the psyche vow must have been like a multiple choice, you know, triple <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Or somebody was
1: just like, damn, you can kill real good, son. <laughs> just passed him on through, but i that was my only real problem, and it kind of took me out of it. I was like, you know, this guy should never have been let into the military, much less the FBI. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I guess I guess that has to do with my own, like, uh, you know, like, thoughts and beliefs that I didn't really see a problem with that, because I figured, you know, with his skill set, he, he probably was, you know, in the military, and then they probably put him in the FBI because of how well he probably did in the military, so I never thought about them, like, looking too far deep into his, uh, his you know, his therapist and, you know, the things that they had, you know, discussed and whatnot. I'm not even sure if you're allowed to. Yeah, I spe- that's
3: but. Probably- that... Yeah.
1: Yes, you, as somebody who almost joined the military and is from a military family, like yes, they absolutely would have have looked into that, especially if he started displaying any of those behaviors during like basic training or like there.
2: So so just, so doctor-patient confidentiality yeah, doesn't right. apply when. Uh, when, um, when it's the military?
1: So, if you, when you go through MEPS, they ask for your full medical history, and if you don't provide it, they can kick you out if they find out later. So, sure, is it possible to lie and get through? Yes. Um, but he was really emotionally, fra- or not emotionally, mentally fragile, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, right, I- but they,
2: they said that routine helped him, so the military being very routine-driven, maybe he displayed less of those behaviors at that time. Because yeah, would, it's a very yeah. regimented, you know, lifestyle.
3: He would have had to give them reason to question. And, I mean, his killing his coach was probably sealed. So, I don't know that they could have gotten that. But, yeah. It...
1: Well, to get security clearance, though, like... You, you, you did, mm, yeah, I don't buy it.
2: Okay. <laughs> Well, you're definitely more of an expert on the whole process than we are, so, you know, I'll defer to you on that one. Um... i
3: not, no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I basically had to hand-wave it away by saying, like, somebody knew how talented he is at killing people and just decided to push it through, you know, outside of regulation because... And that
3: somebody was Fisk.
1: Well, maybe so.
2: Then Although... <laughs> Clancy Brown's character from The Punisher is so the one yeah. who did it. <laughs> general whatever um so but...
0: complete side mark here sure just because nathan i remember you sharing this to beth about those giant mega stuff oreos mm-hmm. tim apparently bought those while he was out getting dinner
2: that's true love
0: and <coughs> he, he just comes up <clears throat> he, he came and took the sushi that i didn't eat because he's gonna finish that uh-huh. and then he comes back up with a, a paper towel wrapped up and he's like have some oreos he whispers it so you guys don't hear him and I open it up and he I I just go holy crap
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh if I see some mega stuff Oreos I'm gonna buy them
0: (laughs) yeah he just starts laughing as he walks out of here and I'm now sitting here like crunching away on these (laughs) Oreos that have like Five times the amount of filling is normal <laughs> man,
3: all I've got are fig Newtons, I feel really
0: <laughs> not fair this is incredibly unnecessary
2: <laughs> um, I, I beg to differ cause the Oreo, you basically just have the cookie part just to uh, keep your hands from getting sticky, so
0: <laughs> my favorite Oreos are classic Oreos
2: <laughs> oh wow uh, double stuff for me I
1: just uh, tried the exactly dark chocolate ones they're uh-huh. very
2: good Okay.
0: I was actually disappointed one time When I bought a holiday Marked Oreos that were just Marked as holiday not marked as Double stuffed and I was disappointed When I opened them up and realized
2: they were double stuffed
0: <laughs> However
2: So now this is our Oreo podcast
0: <laughs> However These mega stuffed ones Are just ridiculous And definitely buy them if you see them
3: And but, you know For our vegan listeners Oreos are vegan So there you go no. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, with, um, with, now
0: back to our regular
3: schedule. <laughs> right. This has not been brought to you by Nabisco at all. <laughs> right. right
0: <laughs> keep being blown away by how ridiculously cream stuff this is. Oh, God, that sounded horrible.
2: But, okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to okay. shut
0: Oreo in my mouth now and hide in shame.
2: <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, with Dex, I kept thinking that he was going to, like, you know, like, force himself on the woman that he was stalking and everything else, and it was great that it was actually, no, like, all the stuff he was saying about admiring her and just wanting to, like, you know you know learn more about her and just you know all that stuff was actually really legitimate you know yeah he was creepy and he was a stalker and he didn't understand about you know um, (laughs) boundaries and stuff (laughs) like that but it was like no that's really what he wanted from her was more of emotional support than you know like oh i'm a rapist or whatever kind of stuff which i'm glad we avoided that trope
3: acknowledging that they never actually addressed his sexuality or even you know that they could have she could have been a guy and it wouldn't have changed that storyline at all.
2: Right. So, um so so yeah, I, I like the way that turned out. And then it was Fisk, of course, who kills her because he didn't want her, you know, when it seemed like he might actually be able to like have a relationship of some kind with her, that Fisk was just kinda like, No, we're not gonna let that happen and just had her killed. Um uh, but
3: Well, first he destroyed the relationship before he uh killed her.
2: Right. No, that's true. Yeah.
3: He had to do that, yeah.
2: Right. Well, he was texting because they, because they had patched things up where they were. He, she was going to let him cu- talk to her and stuff, but then yeah, he after he kills her, he takes the phone and starts texting him back of "Go away, I don't want to ever talk to you." Um, so uh, so yeah, um, so it, it was another thing that was a complete surprise to me and how they went with it. And I liked it because it was a lot less. It was it was more interesting because it was something that you don't see normally. Um, and um. Uh, the fights between uh Dex and Matt were great. I I absolutely loved those. Um do you have any thoughts on that, Stephanie?
0: Oh, I I enjoyed those a lot. Um did he have um eye holes put into the mask though or
1: Oh, well, I he think he fed? had a I different think mask. Like they were covered, like they had recovered with some sort of film.
0: Okay. Cuz I was like that was one thing I wasn't quite sure about, and I'm like, okay, I'll buy that he can throw things to his targets and never miss, but he's still got to be able to see the target. <laughs>
4: right. We
0: can't have two people running around with sonar here. So, And that was one thing, The scene, those fight scenes where he was actually wearing it were always pretty dark, and I could never quite make out uh, what was going on with the mask, because it still looked like the eyes were covered, but... That was my only critique, but I, I mean, I've got terrible eyesight myself, so <laughs> watching it in the dark, even though you know in theory I could see clearly with my glasses on, that's not always the case.
2: <clears throat> yeah, well, it was a completely new costume, even though it was made to look like the old one. So yeah, yeah, I mean, he could have easily just told Melvin to you know make it you know the way with the eye holes, but um, okay. but but yeah, that was the thing I kept saying that Matt should do, and that he never did was to like trick him into a place that was pitch dark. So that there was no way for him to say, you know, to see anything, you know, so that Matt could have the advantage on him for once. Because that's the problem. Matt's a, Matt's a, a close, you know, he's he's a hand to hand combat fighter, whereas Dex is is all about ranged fighting. So you know, Dex can stand far away from Matt, where Matt can't land a punch or a kick on him, mm-hmm. and can just keep pelting him with stuff like the scene in the office and all the improvised weapons. X was picking up, you know, and throwing at him, and everywhere Matt was going, whenever he was out of, you know, cover. You know, he kept getting hit. Yeah.
0: That was both brilliant and super suspenseful in all of those scenes with the two of them. I was like on the edge of my seat the whole time yeah. trying to figure out the eye holes. No. <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, if it makes you feel better, Charlie Cox isn't actually really blind. Oh, so we yeah. had to make it so he could see through it, too. I know that. <laughs> so it's, the technology exists. You
0: know? Oh, shush. You know what I was getting <laughs> But no, they were very suspenseful, and I enjoyed those fight scenes a lot. And every <laughs> confrontation they had with each other.
2: Ryan, what did you think about the fights?
3: Well, I, something that every Daredevil season has had down is the choreography to the fights. Mm-hmm. You know, one, two, and seasons one, two, and three, and this one was no different. Um, I, they were e- evenly matched in physical abilities, uh, but like you said, you know, uh, bullseye. He's a distance, a long-distance, fight, long-range fighter, and uh, Matt is close quarters. Mm-hmm. So it, it it kind of depended... <laughs> All right, call back to the Aquaman podcast. <laughs> it, 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 Matt, it kind of depended whose ground they fought on, right? And, you know, it would had Matt knocked out the lights and they fought in pitch black, then then that would have been Matt bringing uh, Bullseye onto his ground. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would have been interesting, sure. But, uh, no, I, I have zero complaints with the fight the, the fights between bullseye and fisk i'm sorry bullseye <laughs> and matt but that last fight the three-way fight was the one that blew me uh out of the water so to speak
2: um so angie what do you think about the fight choreography um, uh, especially between uh uh matt and dex
1: um i think the fight choreography this season was the best of the marvel shows hands down mm. i the uh-huh. uh the scene where, um, I
2: would attacks s- the text, oh, I just want to say, I would say, take notice, Iron Fist, but that's kind of a moot point right now, yeah, <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> or you know, you tell Iron Fist that must be hard,
4: you know? <laughs> okay. Um, sorry, but-
1: oh, it's fine. I like I said, I had some trouble, um, with the first couple of episodes of the season, just getting you know, uh, getting through them, but when the scene when Dex. Attacked the um, newspaper. That's when I binged the entire rest of the season. Mm. <laughs> um, that fight was incredibly, done, incredibly well done. Like, I was so scared the whole time. Um, the scene in the prison um, was amazing. Mm. Um, and, oh, and, I forgot about that scene. Yeah, oh, that, that was, was incredible. Was so good. Yeah. And I, I, I think... It didn't hit me until I saw like the, the hallway frame to like, oh, this is the hallway
4: fight, <laughs> right. but
1: it lived up to all the hallway fights. I was really, really impressed with the fights in this season, and Ryan already talked about the three-way fight, which was also just incredible to watch.
2: I, I still think I still- my single favorite fight is still the season one hallway fight, but definitely this season had more really great fights than the other seasons did. Mm, I don't know. This one didn't have any ninjas, so... <laughs> <laughs> okay, alright. So, yes. Did my heart skip a beat every time I saw the hand? Yes. But... <laughs> I, I'm not sure that the fighting was necessarily better. It's just that the comic book reader in me squeed every time I saw real ninja in that, those red outfits. So <laughs> um, but uh, let's talk about the man himself. Wilson Fisk. Yeah, Yeah, because Vince D'Onofrio, oh my god, does he bring it back. Um, He is incredible. Yeah, his presence on screen is just amazing. He demands your attention every moment that he is there. And um, just... Just watching him be, like, the most powerful man in the room while he's supposedly, like, you know, imprisoned or incarcerated or whatever you want to call it when it's house arrest, you know, was was just great to watch. Um, You know, and and then finding out that he's even got more power than you think he has when the, you know, the turning point of the season there. I'm going to say one thing. I mean, I guess, I guess now knowing that it is the final season, I'm more okay with the ending. I really didn't want Fisk to get put back in jail at the end of the season. I was hoping they would in some way weaken Fisk or in some way give him more problems. Uh, I was thinking maybe they were going to come at him through Vanessa. And basically do something of the of the line of you know if you harm Karen or Foggy, then Vanessa's going to jail kind of thing so that maybe he would pull back from directly like going after them, but I wanted him to remain at large you know as you know part of the of the Netflix you know universe as somebody that could show up in an episode of Luke Cage or Punisher or whatever um but but that being said um. His whole trajectory this season and watching him almost win was was great. <laughs> so, um, so Ryan, what did you think of uh, of Fisk? Uh,
3: I have never ever want to play any game with him. Yeah, um, whatsoever. Like, <laughs> yeah, no I strategy game. You can, you can have yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, because. Uh, um, granted, it hit a tipping point where I just you, you just knew Fisk manipulated it all, but they did a pretty good job, I think at least to maybe the casual viewer, of doling it out. Like, the, episode one, it's like, oh, he's having this change of heart because he wants to protect Vanessa. Mm. Okay, I can kind of believe that. Oh my gosh, she got shanked. You know, oh, uh, then as the series goes, you find out, no, that was deliberate he he set everything up and he had to have been planning this probably prior to when he was locked up the first time to begin with it's they dole it out you know uh his just manipulation his ability and you realize that he's just always tw- matt thinks he's two moves or three moves ahead but fisk is playing 3d chess three-dimensional chess while matt is just playing you know checkers <laughs>
2: I know it is it is kind of sad like just how woefully unprepared everybody is for what Fisk is doing and I like the fact that they showed that like you know Fisk basically controls everyone in the prison which was something that you saw set up in season two Um, and that you know even even being in that situation but I thought that's as far as his control extended you know and you see.
3: Uh, I, there was a giveaway in that one, in that episode, when they showed, when Fisk talked to Matt, and they showed him watching surveillance video. And that's in my back of my head, I noted. Well, where is he? He's not doing that from where the FBI has him. That's. I think that was they kind of showed their hand a little bit there. Mm,
2: okay, fair enough. But, um, but yeah. Otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, uh, it was. Yeah, I mean, just the just the slow burn of Fist, and just yeah. his methodical rise to power. You know, it wasn't and like there were setbacks or anything. It was like a straight linear line until mm-hmm. pretty much the end, when it just it just went too far.
3: But there's a, a coldness to him. Uh, he's he's so understated until he asks to borrow your jacket so he can bash your face in with mm-hmm. his fist. Uh, it, it and it's kind of like it's scary to watch cause you're not a hundred percent sure when he's going to explode. And like when Vanessa came back and she was distant at first, there was a part of me that was afraid she was going to admit to like having an affair with one of his guards or something like that. And I just saw him throwing her off the roof of the building or just <laughs> doing who the hell knows what.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, I didn't think she was the same thing about an affair, but I thought she might tell him that she wasn't in love with him anymore or something like that. And I was like, that that's going to drive him over the edge. <laughs> you know? But, um, but yeah and and just the interesting part was you know he with 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 how he was his relationship with the FBI was um you know i mean basically yeah he was doing all this thing of giving information but it was so that he could get at people that he wanted to get at so that he could make himself more powerful yeah and it's just so great because yeah at first you think this is legitimate that he's just giving up people and you know it's not anything important to him that he's giving up but you're just thinking okay he's doing this for vanessa and then to find out that this was all part of the plan to like get the people who might be problematic for him and those are the ones he's going to give them and then to have that as leverage for everybody else of hey guess what i can rat you out to the fbi if you don't, you know, let, you know, if you don't answer to me. And, uh, I, I, so I, 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 guess the thing is the disappointment to me is, you know, I wanted him to become the kingpin of crime. I wanted him to be that guy from the comics where he, you know, where he controls, you know, he has crime, you know, families answering to him all over the world. And it seems like that we almost got there, that you know he was on the trajectory to that, and then it's like they set him back again at the end of the season. It's just like, oh man <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, but uh but Angie, what did you think about Fisk this season?
1: Um, I find him terrifying. Um, yeah. the only complaint I really have, if you can even call it that, is that it's almost like. Mansonofrio reached the pinnacle of um Wilson Fisk at the end of season one, and he mm. hasn't had any real personal development <laughs> since then. And i I mean, like like I said, if I can even call it a complaint because it is so pitch perfect, but I think part of the reason that I found the first part of the season kind of lackluster is that as a vil- he's the villain, he's the obvious villain, but he's not developing as a person. You know, his mm-hmm. plan is unfolding, and that's kind of separate from him as a person on screen. Um, so I wish that there had been just even something that was a little bit, because he started he started the season, you know, I'll do anything for Vanessa, and he ended doing anything for Vanessa. So I don't know that he really moved personally during the course of the season. Um, mm-hmm. I think it would have been well. interesting to watch, although I'm not going to complain too much about him just being the perfect crime boss.
3: Can I ask you a question, though, about that? Because I I know where you're coming from, and I agree, although I think that goes back to just having a static character, but I I think I I did see some character development with him with regards to the painting, when he was willing Mm. to let uh, the woman, whose name escapes me, keep the painting. That just showed a remarkable empathy, to use a a word for from relating to Poindexter.
2: But that's because he has this weird vision of Vanessa that, as we learn, is completely askew from reality, where he thinks she's just this perfect, same woman. And then when she's there, she's like, you know, oh, she has no problem with Dex, like, killing the woman to get the painting or, you know, anything. like You know, she's like, she wants to be more involved in the crime aspect of it. You know, she isn't, you know, this person that needs to be protected from what he does. She wants to be knee-deep in it, which was kind of terrifying. She actually terrified me towards the end of there because I was just like, man, this woman is evil.
1: <laughs> she hit full-on murderous real fast. It was a little frightening. <laughs> <clears throat>
2: Because, yeah, even in season one, you never got the impression that she wanted to be that. I mean, she liked being with someone who is powerful and dangerous. But I never got the impression that she wanted to be, like, deeply involved in it. But (laughs) she's a lot darker than I thought she was.
1: Yeah, it seemed from the first season, it seemed like she kind of wanted to be the mob wife. Like, Mm -hmm. you know kind of what your husband does, but, like, only as far as you need to not talk to the cops at all, sort of. Right.
3: <laughs> Don't ask where the money came from or why blood on the tennis bracelet. You know? Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, I mean, I, I do like that um, Fisk kind of uh, brought himself down in a way um, mm-hmm. by, I think, overreaching with Poindexter and thinking he could get him under his thumb so, so completely and just being wrong. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think my personal read on it is that he didn't know about um he didn't know about his abilities until he got saved by dex in that um shootout and um it was kind of surprising to him and he got greedy he wanted that skill set and he overreached for it and matt was able to exploit it because it hadn't been part of fisk's original plan
2: right it was a bonus yeah and yeah, it was because cause that was the thing. The Albanians weren't part of the plan with them. Set you know with them attacking him in the convoy, and then Dex saving him was something that surprised him. And I think he did feel. Like genuine respect and gratitude towards Dex, but he saw him as someone that oh wow this is this is you know a really like talented guy that I've got to have as one of my guys, and you're right, I think that he rushed that part of his you know like he created a plan on the fly that wasn't as well thought out because even him having to pull the file that wasn't something he had looked at before, right that was something he was just learning about dex, and yeah he he came up with that, so the file the um, FBI clearly never
3: looked at. Right. <laughs>
2: Well, yeah, because it even had like a couple of the tapes still with, you know, like yeah. tapes that, did, you know, <laughs> so. oh, man. Um, uh, Stephanie, what do you think about Fisk?
0: Um, well, yeah, that actor is absolutely perfect. And I remember the first season, it just weirded me out because I can't remember what show it was, but I'm used to him from like, a, I don't know, it's like Criminal Minds or some some crime drama from
4: like early two thousands,
0: maybe it was one of the Law and Orders. I don't remember, I don't but he was kind of. There are of only this... fifty of them. <laughs> yeah. I used to watch a lot of those crime drama shows, mm. um, but he was one of the lead detectives in one of those shows, and he was—he is kind of a, a mild-mannered, meek guy. He—he he was like the complete opposite of Fisk. <laughs> And so it was a little jarring at first because those were the only two roles I've seen him in. Um, and somebody's probably going to comment that I'm nuts and completely misremembering that other character. <laughs> but <laughs>
2: and then, and then well, I can tell you, having met Metacon, mm-hmm. like he has that intensity like Fisk. Like it was a little scary because I told him that I wanted to sign you know, on the on the picture, you know, that I wanted him to autograph, I was like, Could you write like don't say my name? And he was like, he wouldn't say that. You know, And I'm just like, oh, okay, I'm sorry, <laughs> Mr. Pissar. I mean, it's just like <laughs> he's like other people say that he doesn't say that. It's just like okay, okay. You know? it's just he was just really he's intense, got you there, though. Was <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but anyway, <laughs> I'm sorry, Stephanie. Um yep. he
0: he just does a brilliant job with this character, and personally, I don't think that he necessarily needed to grow at all. Um, mm. he's big bad, his motivations uh, remaining what they have always been, makes sense to me for that type of character.
2: Well, and the thing is, even though Vanessa wasn't necessarily the main motivating force, like Ryan and I thought going into it, um, she is still, like, a weak point for him. Mm-hmm. Because she he does care about her. he does genuinely care about her and he does genuinely want you know and so like he he overreacts when there's danger to her, and that's something that you know is is um, good for him as a person that he cares about somebody, but it's bad for him as trying to be that perfect criminal boss um, because it is something that others can exploit. So I don't think we'd ever see a time when he would basically be like, you know, you guys are going to take Vanessa, but I can get away, you know, and I'll just run, you know. So, yeah. Um, so, I think that makes him human, and I think that that makes him, you know, interesting on that uh, score as well. Oh,
0: yeah. No, I, I I thoroughly enjoyed his character, and the portrayal by the actor was just about as perfect as can be. Um,
4: and, and we have
2: uh, that wonderful fight that Angie and Ryan were talking about yes. at the end there. Yes, yeah. that was... <laughs> I love that Matt's gonna wrap the like ropes around his arms so that like, you can make them beefier. It's like <laughs> you know, Fisk is about two and a half of me. So if I wrap these, uh, you know, <laughs> hey, you work with what you've got. That makes my arms a little more Popeye-like. <laughs> there, there
3: was one. I mean, in that fight. Well, first, when Fisk rammed uh, Poindexter up against the wall and broke his back. I felt mm. that through the screen.
0: Oh, but, I did too. Uh,
3: yeah. The other thing I felt was, and to their credit, usually in superhero movies and TV shows, when someone does something like punches a brick wall, they show no reaction. But Fisk missed uh, Bullseye at one point and hit that brick wall. The brick shattered. And he, mm. I, I wonder if that was uh, happened accidentally or something like that because the the reaction on Vincent D'Onofrio's face looked like it um, might have been a real thing and then he just powered through it
2: yeah one of the things that I really like with Fisk is again it's one of those things where they don't hold your hand is that Fisk is supposed to be stupendously monstrously strong you know that's in the comics and they've always just kind of shown that by like when they show him doing bench presses in the prison that he's got like way more weights than would be reasonable and you know stuff like that that you know it's Uh, I like that they show that without saying like. By the way, Fisk has more strength than a typical, you know, like kind of thing as a as an explanation or try to even explain why it is. It's just like no, that's just who he is. You know, he is he is he has got some monstrously brutal strength. Um, Now. Now we've talked about this fight and uh, and Dex's back being broken. Does anyone know the Easter egg that they dropped in at the scene when they show him being operated on? Yes. <laughs> who's who's doing the operating? All right. So Ryan does. Angie or Stephanie? Do you know who's operating on Dex? Nope.
3: Nope.
2: Okay, Ryan. Who is it that's operating on Dex?
3: Oh, the, the, that's not who I picked.
2: It was the metal that I picked up on. Hmm. Yeah. So, um, Doctor Ayama is the man who developed the adamantium bonding pro- uh, process that uh, Wolverine uh, has. Ah. So they were clearly eyeing the fact that Disney was about to buy Fox and I think setting stuff up for season four. Maybe. Um, that was going to be interesting. But yeah, was, they said Dr. Ayama, and I was like, what? <laughs> I'm like, "That's that's interesting. So yeah. At least he was going to get an unbreakable spine, I guess. Um, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did
0: pick up on the metal also, but I didn't catch the name.
2: Hmm. See, I didn't hear them mention what metal. Oh, it was. they did, and I, I it, heard... it
3: was—it's the one that's not quite—it's not vibranium, it's not adamantium. Vibranium. No, it's not. It's not vibranium or adamantium. It's the third oh. one, the third strongest There's metal in the one? Marvel universe. Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> 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 I, I only knew about vibranium and adamantium. Um,
3: <laughs> no there's there's more apparently
2: <laughs> oh okay yeah i don't know that one um but uh but yeah so that kind of excited me but that's not gonna go anywhere so oh wow. well <laughs> um, probably not no. but i like the fact that they were setting him up as as being a recurring villain because yeah i think there's still a lot more potential with him um especially after you know after what happened if he trusted fisk and then fisk you know, uh, uh, killed, you know, the, the person that he's, that he, I don't, I wouldn't say, I mean, loved in a sense, but not like in the romantic sense, but you know, he killed this person that was so important to him. So, I mean, it would be interesting to see where they took the character from that, because I think, I think there's no fixing him at this point. So, you know, it'd be interesting to see how he developed from there. Um, so, uh, yeah. Oh, well. (laughs) So, um overall final thoughts on the season um and uh and if there's anything that we wanted to talk about that we didn't get to um so angie uh what are your final thoughts
1: um i i guess like shout out to uh my favorite detective the one honest cop in new Yeah, and uh <laughs>
2: It was kind of interesting how it seemed like all the cops were against Fisk, but all the FBI agents were for Fisk. I guess someone
1: has a someone's got a vendetta.
4: <laughs> in
1: the writers right. room, um, but yeah, great. It was great to see him again. Um, I I live in fear of him saying that he's either retiring in two weeks or too old for this. <laughs>
4: <time>. <laughs> um,
1: also, I loved the crime families. Um, yes. I just hmm. love what's her name, Rosa Rosalie carbine mm. i think anyway for some reason like i liked her when she showed up in Luke cage too i just think she's great as a like a little minor crime bot. well i guess not minor but
2: oh was she the one that offered him coffee yes mm. oh okay see i didn't know if it was the same character or not oh.
1: yeah i think she's great <laughs> so i was glad she showed up again
2: um stephanie what are your final thoughts on season three
1: well I was super hyped with it, because I definitely
0: thought it was the uh, the best season so far, and it seemed like they were setting up for a lot of other things, so my heart was shattered when, you know, I accidentally yelled about it being cancelled at the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Spoilers. must say. have been <laughs> very hard for you.
0: Yeah, I was very upset with that. <laughs> but anyways... Um, <laughs> Angie I already pointed out to the character that I was happy to see return because I thought that was mm-hmm. even though she's kind of a throwaway character, um, she stuck out in my mind because of in Luke Cage where she's offering uh, Luke the coffee. Uh, so seeing her back again was just kind of a fun little little character sh- signifying that they're in the same neighborhood basically still. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was thoroughly satisfied with this season. The little nitpicks that I have have already escaped my memory um i know there were a few things that tim and i discussed afterwards that we had little quips about but it, overall it was a great season and i really enjoyed it i loved the whole um part with matt and oh shoot sister maggie is that her name yeah, okay. maggie, yeah. for some reason i suddenly spaced on it um, I absolutely loved their whole dynamic, even if it did just turn out, oh, she's his mom. That's why they had that dynamic. But it was still refreshing to see someone basically look at Matt and go, you're talking, get, get yourself together and do what you know you need to do. Uh, um, versus almost everybody else who just, as somebody already said, just kind of usually either, you know what, Matt, I'm done with you, or just, yeah, whatever you say, dude. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he finally had someone who's on his side, but still adversarial with him. Um, yeah. And I was just so looking forward to what came after. But it did go out on a high note, I think. At the very least, it wasn't like they got canned after season two. Um, no. And that does actually seem to be a common trend, actually. I think that each, each one of these shows has actually been going out on a high note that had piqued my interest in more.
4: Even <laughs>
0: Danny Rand, I was excited to see what else
2: happened with him. That, to me, is the most disappointing one so far, because at least with this one, you know, and the way that they ended it, it, it feels like it could end there, even though there's obviously stuff set up that, that things could go on also. But... But but Iron Fist set up like fifty things in that last episode that I wanted to see pay off, and that really annoyed me. But <laughs>
0: not only that, but somehow I grew to not hate Danny in the second season.
4: So,
2: <laughs> so, so. so
0: <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm I'm sad it's gone, but it went on a high note. I couldn't have ha- uh, I couldn't have asked for a better season that just ended up being its final season.
2: So would you say that even though it ended before its time, that you would recommend this show to people to watch? Oh,
0: definitely. And I'm certain that I'm going to be rewatching it many, many times in the future. Um, I still haven't done a power through of season one, two, and three, uh, sticking the Defenders in where it should be, too. And I really... I I want to do that um, pretty much as soon as we finish with uh, Punisher and Jessica.
2: Yeah, that'd be cool. Um... Angie, would you agree with that? That it's worth watching the show, even if it ends a little early.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, it, really, it's um, where it ends. I think is pretty thematically appropriate to um, the character of Matt Murdock, and uh, you know, there, it's a high note. But um, so, yeah, I think overall, it's uh, mm. definitely worth a watch.
2: Yeah, I think it's a better ending place than either Luke Cage or Iron Fist had. Definitely. So hopefully. I'm hoping maybe that Punisher and Jessica Jones will also, you know, maybe the showrunners had some inkling and and ended things similarly so that at least those shows won't feel like, but we need to see more, you know, at the end. Uh, But we'll see how that goes. Um, Ryan, what about you? What are your final thoughts on season three?
3: Well, I mean, Daredevil has had two and a half
2: really good seasons
3: and um, (laughs) to, to echo everyone else, this this, a this is a good spot to stop. Yeah, it could have gone. It could have continued. Could have gone in so many different ways. But I think the idea of ending the series, you know, with a, a napkin that says you know Nelson Murdoch and Page, uh, mm. is is just in my head. I can play out the future stories. Maybe it'll show up on Hulu three years from now. Maybe it probably won't. Um, but honestly, in my opinion, the greatest sin. That Marvel or uh, well Disney slash Marvel could do right now would be not to not continue this, although that's painful. But it would be to disregard it. Like if in, in yeah. the third Spider-Man, there's a there is a kingpin, and it's not Vincent Vincent D'Onofrio, and it in no way, shape, or form acknowledges any of this. It basically just creating it whole cloth um, for the MCU. That would be a, a real betrayal,
2: I think. Yeah. yeah. Or a reboot with a completely different cast done, like, very quick, you know, like, okay, once the two years are up, yeah, we bring Daredevil back, but now it's a reboot, and it's completely different cast, new continuity, Mm -hmm. everything else, and just pretend the Netflix shows never happened. Yeah, Yeah, that would be, that'd be annoying. It really would.
3: And uh, I am glad that before he died, we got to find out that Father Lantham was a pool hustler. I don't know why, but...
2: (laughs) 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 Yeah, I was wondering if anyone would bring him up, because he was not, I didn't feel like he was a major enough character to have his own, like, spiel, but I mean, that's the thing though we we've already talked about him before yeah. and he's been such a part of this show you know but, and it was sad to see him go it, you know yeah but.
3: i mean but it was in my i thought the writing was on the wall at the moment like i said once maggie showed up and she was cl- clearly going to be that uh honest advisor mentor type character then he would he became unnecessary and then oh look here's a good character you can not only nadim but him to show just how tragic um this series is uh that people that as as long as you're not foggy nelson as as long as you're not foggy nelson matt murdoch or karen page that you could actually die
2: well in the comics it's just foggy and matt yeah (laughs) (laughs) because karen did die but (laughs) anyway (laughs) uh yeah um so yeah i mean for me uh uh, to me, the most disappointing thing is not getting a chance to have Vince D'Onofrio interact with all these other characters. I was really thinking that the way Luke Cage ended, it would be really interesting to see Fisk um, acting with Luke uh, now you know running Harlem's Paradise and stuff like that. And that's what I was, I was kind of hoping to see him branch out into all those different Netflix series so that we could see the influence of Fisk cost that entire mini universe that they created in new york and uh so it's disappointing to me but yeah the season itself um an excellent sea. i like i said i i think it's the best season of any of the netflix series to date um and uh i thought that all the characters were um all the returning characters were very strong this season um you know they 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 did some interesting things with the writing that surprised me, and I'm glad that they avoided some very common tropes. And anytime you know a show does that, that always makes me happy because there are so many shows that I can watch <coughs> on the CW <coughs> that I can predict just about everything that's going to happen in any given episode. So <laughs> it's kind of nice to uh, to to be surprised, you know. Um. So so I like that, and I like that they were doing it writing. So. <sighs> I um I'm sad to see it go. I mean I'm not I guess I'm not as broken up about it as Stephanie, but uh, it
4: is (laughs) it is
2: very it is very sad. So um, I'm I'm wrong. I hope either um they bring it back on Hulu or they do things of letting uh, some of these actors guest star. Like it would be cool if Charlie Cox guest starred in the third Spider-Man movie. And we have Daredevil for a few minutes, or, you know, we have Kingpin, you know, we have Vince D'Onofrio. Or even just
3: lawyer Matt Murdock.
2: Right. Or even lawyer Matt. It would be cool if, like, one of the directors who likes the Netflix shows just says, like, hey, let's pull in one of these guys and let them be in a movie. And just having them be there for a little bit, you know. And so, yeah, I would love that. Just
0: acknowledging their existence.
2: Right. Yeah. 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 So, um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see if any of that actually happens, but, uh, heck, maybe they'll show up on Cloak and Dagger. <laughs> <laughs> we know there's at least one connection between Misty Knight and, and, uh, Detective, I think, O'Reilly and, That's uh, Cloak and true. Dagger, so maybe Misty will show up on, uh, Cloak and Dagger at some point, <laughs> but, um, all right, um. So, uh, yeah, I I guess we've talked about Daredevil for uh, a while here, so (laughs) it's time to, (laughs) hey, Ryan, at least it's not as bad as as talking about Cloak and Dagger for two and a half hours.
3: (laughs) Who knew you could do that I still
2: wonder how that, yeah, I didn't even know we could do that. Uh, So, (laughs) let's, uh, say goodbye and let people know where they can find you online. So, um, we'll, we'll start with you, Angie. Can people find you online?
1: Probably not. Uh, you're welcome to try Um, so yeah I'll just sign off and uh, what shall I plug oh after a long time of being unavailable for streaming freaking everywhere Fringe is now available on a free dive to stream so I'm looking forward to rewatching the whole series
2: okay I'm still mired somewhere in season three, not because I'm not enjoying the show, but because all the other shows have come back from break. And so we're watching those instead. So hopefully I'll get back to watching more fringe soon. But uh, yeah, that's the, that's the story.
1: I have to catch back up. So I remember what you're talking about when you
2: (laughs) message me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So yeah, it should be fun. Um, And of course there will be a fringe episode at some point once I finish it.
3: Right after the Battlestar Galactica one. <laughs> no,
2: it'll definitely be before the Battlestar Galactica one. No, if, if I'm going to do Battlestar Galactica, I'm going to do it right, and I'm going to watch the 70s series as well. So, uh, so uh, Stephanie, why don't you say goodbye and let people know where they can find you?
0: Well, Angie, I found you on online a long time ago, and I just finally sent you the friend request because, you know, we've done quite a few of these together now.
1: That's true. That was a little... I was like, you can try, and then I get a friend
4: request.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, when you said you can
0: try, I'm like, I know exactly how to find her. I'm going to do this just she, to try she, and creep sh- her out.
2: <laughs> She's your dex, Angie. <laughs>
0: but at least I also told you, so...
2: <laughs> she knows when you're eating pizza, Angie.
0: <laughs> oh God. Oh, <laughs> God. Hey, to my defense, I knew how to find her because you tagged us both in a post about doing this <laughs> podcast.
2: <laughs> sure, no, I understand.
0: <laughs> um, anyhow, um, you can find me in various places online. Whether or not I'm active is another question, because I go through spurts of using various bits of social media. But typically, you can find me as either Elcrea or Lady Elcrea. Elcrea is A L C R E A. On Twitter, it's Elcrea. Uh, Instagram, it's Lady Elcrea. I can't remember what my Facebook is. I think it's Lady Elcrea. Um, but really, the place that you'll probably want to go most is Twitter. Not super active there, but that's where you will find me tweeting stuff about my my hopefulness of becoming an author because I are good with words.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, Ryan, why don't you say goodbye and let people know where they can find you?
3: Well, internet. Uh, again, I'm not. I'm not saying goodbye. And um, I don't know if, if Daredevil has taught me anything. It's that the only thing that I, that's more painful than watching a guy get beat up repeatedly for three seasons is not watching him get beat up again. <laughs> um, so, along that same idea, if you want to watch me get beat up you know getting into arguments with people you can find me on facebook or uh twitter although i don't think i've tweeted in like six months and i kind of hate that i just use the word tweeted so i blame that on you internet um you can also go go to geekstranger.com because, you know, they're charging me for it, so some of them come up <laughs> you. <Yeah. laughs> so, you know, there you go. If,
2: Someday, if you're feeling I, lucky, there there might be a post that was might, made in the know, last, like, three months.
3: Just, I'll run a contest where I'll change the font, and if anyone notices, you know, <laughs> I'm talking to you, Mom. If you see that, I've changed <laughs> But yeah, so or yeah, check out these fine people's social media, and I don't know. Maybe I'm arguing with them um, about stuff because they're probably wrong. Um, otherwise, if you feel like you just want to start something, go ahead. Tag me in something, and and I'll tell you that uh, I might surprise you and tell you that you're right because it's possible, but it's probably not.
2: You're, but you see, you're all talk now, right? because you're not even on Facebook often enough to argue with anyone anymore.
3: No, well, yeah, I found <laughs> like ninety percent of my social media presence now is on my phone and i just can't do long-winded replies on my phone i mean I, what am i gonna do oh you are dumb no i mean
2: <laughs> <laughs> no i know that's always a problem when i see something that like i really want to comment on but i'm on my phone when i see it and it's like oh crap i gotta remember when i get home and you know half the time i don't you know to, to post something about it so <laughs> So con wise, uh, I know you're going to Dragon Con, but are you doing any other cons this year?
3: Uh, in May, here in um, I think it's May, uh, but uh, Comic P- Comic Palooza, Comic Palooza, I think yeah, Comic Palooza happens in Houston, and I'll give that a try. It's not uh, when you, w- once you do Dragon Con, like except for a few others, most of them c- kind of pale in comparison. Um, but I've heard some good things about Comic Palooza, so I'm gonna give that a try. Um, Phoenix Comic Con is also in May, however, and I've been well. Correction, it's not Comic-Con anymore. Uh, <laughs> now it's Fan Fusion, uh, thanks to you know San Diego's lawsuit. <laughs> right. Um, so I might try and get back out there for that. Which also reminds me, I need to update SteakStranger.com to take the Phoenix Comic-Con logo out of there. Um, but yeah, it's... I I try and get to these conventions as often as I can. The great thing about, like, working fifty, 60 hour work weeks is that I've got all this money to spend. I just don't have the time to spend it. And I actually don't have all the money. I don't know why.
2: Well, that must be very hard for you, Ryan.
3: <laughs> Basically, it just means, like, for the first time in my life, I'm actually able to pay down my bills. You know?
2: Right. <laughs> yeah, I just asked because you know I need to send you your business cards that kept bouncing when I tried to send them to you before. So, uh, seeing if you're going to any cons earlier than DragonCon, so you know,
3: um, you know. But uh, uh, I, if I do go to Comic Palooza, it will be just as a attendee, as a I won't be like on any panels or anything like that.
2: Oh, okay, sure. Okay. All right. Well, Ryan, Angie, and Stephanie, thank you so much for being on the show today.
0: Thanks for having us. Thank yeah. you.
3: I'll be back for season four. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: So
0: will I, if it comes to be.
2: And that's it for our Daredevil episode. We hope that you enjoyed it. We hope that you laughed at our expense as we speculated on the possibility of there being a season four of Daredevil, even though we were pretty sure even at that point that there wouldn't be. But let us know uh, what you think of the show. Uh, What do you think of us putting out these episodes that are kind of time capsule episodes? Do you want more new content? Do you mind when we have episodes like that where we might have some outdated opinions based on the information that's come out since? Just let us know. And you can do that in a bunch of different ways. One way is to email us at everything at 42cast.com. Another way is to go to our website at 42cast.com. You can go to our Facebook at facebook.com slash 42cast. You can also tweet to us or go on our Instagram at 42cast. You can also leave us reviews on Stitcher and Apple Podcasts. I've said it before, the thing about Apple Podcast Reviews is that the more of those that we have, the more that they'll put us in searches. So if you've ever tried to search for something in Apple Podcasts, you know that it's not strictly based on keywords or whatever. They'll throw all kinds of things at you based on related searches or however their algorithm works. So again, the more we get promoted, basically, it's directly linked to how many reviews that we have. So if you have an Apple ID and you listen to this show, we'd greatly appreciate you leaving us a review. I also need to mention the ESO Network Patreon, which is a way for you to help all the shows on the network, helps us to pay for the things that we need to continue doing our podcast, have web hosting space and all that other kind of stuff. You can see what the different tiers are, the different perks are that you get by going to patreon.com eso network. And if you are able to contribute, we would definitely appreciate it. You can also find me on two other podcasts. One is Time Streams, where my friend Juliet and I are going through all of Doctor Who from the beginning. You don't have to buy the episodes because we describe everything important that happens in the story. So if you just want to hear our banter and learn a little bit more about Doctor Who, you can do it that way. Or if you want to buy the episodes, or if you have the episodes already, you want to watch the episodes and then listen to our podcast. You can do that too. You'll probably get a little more out of it, but either way is fine. And once again, that is Time Streams. The second podcast is Legendary Forces, where Juliet and I, again, but also joined by Joe, Ashley, and Corey, are going through all of Star Wars fictional media from the beginning. So that's movies, television shows, books, comics, basically anything that takes place in the Star Wars universe. We'll review the media, we'll talk about the quality of the media, but we'll also talk about the expanding idea of what Star Wars is. Things that aren't true anymore based on the canon that Disney has set out, but there are also other things that even if they're not canon, certain ideas still percolate into the universe from other ways. And so we talk about all of that. We're talking about it as it grows out from the beginning. So if that sounds interesting to you, check out Legendary Forces. I'm only recording this a few days after I recorded the outro for our role-playing game episode, so nothing more really to report about con attendance or anything like that. So I'm just going to leave things here. Join us back next week when Elizabeth Olson will not be joining us. And until then, this is Nathan, signing off.